What's up, everyone? This week is going to be another week of talking Nardcore, and we're going to go through the best Nardcore bands of the year, 2000 through 2009. Um, didn't want to do a Hall of Fame because it's not 20 years old, but uh, and and yeah, doing a Hall of Fame in like in my era is kind of awkward. Anyway, I think, but uh, that's that. We're going to go through all these bands. We're going to talk about their their discographies and their catalogs and super fun. We have um, Mikey from Omega Point. He joined us, and it was super fun to have him around. Uh, he's an awesome dude and added a lot to the conversation. And so uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. If you'd like to support the podcast, please like, rate, and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please share the podcast on social media or with your friends. Give your friends a call. Give them a text. Let them know there's some podcasts talking about hardcore Talking about some obscure ass shit that other people don't talk about. And, uh, yeah. Also, if you want to go the extra mile, maybe to 186 mile, which would be, I guess that, that takes you to National City, which is a sick part of San Diego. They got the Dunkin' Donuts. But uh, you can go to patreon.com slash 185 miles south and uh, become a Patreon Become a personal hero of mine. And uh, that's that. Much love and respect to all those people who helped me out. They are the reason the podcast is still going. And so uh, let's all tip our hats to them. Now let's get on with the show. Hundred eighty-five miles south, a hardcore punk rock podcast. All right, uh, this week we're doing another episode of Talking Hardcore, and uh, that means it's me. And we also got Stu from Omega Point. Hello. We got the legend. Episode one, Joe Rivas, and we also got Mikey Hi. from. Hey, hey, we also got Mikey from Omega Point. <laughs> Yo, what's good? Say what up? What and, up? What, what up? up? Um, what we're gonna do this week is we're gonna talk uh, the best Nardcore bands of the two thousands, and because I was a little more like in this era, I felt really uncomfortable Hall of Fame in anything. So we're not doing any sort of hall of fame. We're just going to talk about some of the more standout bands and, uh, we can dig into their discographies and whatever. And, uh, just talk about them a little bit. How y'all feel about that? I think we need 20 years distance for hall of fame anyway. So that's, I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's appropriate. I think that's fair. Yeah. So, uh, in control seven, it can go in because that was the year two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but uh, it's not gonna make it though. It's yeah. banger, no, no, probably it shouldn't, dude. It shouldn't make it. <laughs> um, should we just jump right in? Let's go. Yeah. All right. Uh, the first band we're gonna talk about is the Mighty Mighty No Motive. Jump in, Stu. Um, the record that I like most of theirs from this time period is Daylight Breaking. 
Yeah, so we have daylight and... Diagram. Diagram. Yeah. And daylight, I certainly prefer myself. Um, you know, it's Pat's out of the band at that time, so he's not playing drums. It's their third record. Mm-hmm. And the, third, the last record of, like, the initial run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really just Max, Jeremy, and Roger. Roger's on drums at this time? Roger's officially the drummer, but, like, they... All played different stuff yeah, yeah, depending yeah, on what yeah, song yeah, they sure. were, what song they were doing. Um, you know, like audition. Max is playing drums on the, mm-hmm. on that song. And, uh, Max is Max is oh, on, cool. on yeah because Jeff came into the band like he did only a couple of little things on the record. Yeah, after the record was all done, I think they went and did backups or something like that. There's a music video that got put out with like Roger on drums and Jeff on bass. Yes. Oh, the, yeah, um, but that was but that's after. after uh, brand new day. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's on that record. No, that's no, on is that the record before? Oh, okay, brand new day. Um, no, there's a there's a there's a video song off the third record. Yeah, yeah for it's sure. Not brand new day though. Oh, oh okay. It's uh, see so here, look at us. Anyway, yeah. So the first time I ever heard No Motive. It's actually the first record I ever bought. Um, and I think Kevin Hurstein, who who played drums for my first band, It Doesn't Matter, he brought a stack to to Oxnard High School because he lived across the street from Fred Hammer. And he brought them, and they're selling these seven inches for $3 yeah. or whatever. Guys. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Sorry. Anyway, so he brought the seven inches and shit. And uh, I bought one for three bucks, and I went home, and I knew Max was in the band, and I didn't know anything else. And I'd known Max for years because we went to elementary school and junior high together. And I got home, I put it on on my dad's record player, and this fucking thing was so fast, like ridiculously, ridiculously fast. Yeah. Like they, you check the, you check to make sure you have it on the right the speed, fast, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know. And uh, obviously, that was like a a very early iteration of the band. By this time for the the two thousands, they're doing their second LP and their third LP, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Yeah. So the second LP is like their most poppy effort. Yeah. I and agree. and they think that's kind of like the peak of the popularity, maybe because they're like getting to tour with those same similar bands, and they have like kind of that poppy sound. Right. They're on Vagrant. They're getting a lot of push. Yeah. They're, they're they're touring with all those Vagrant bands. Vagrant at that time was really really big you know dashboard confessional and i call all that you know all that stuff that was happening yeah everyone was into at that time not everyone i wasn't but did you like any of the other vagrant bands uh face to face yeah would you consider them a vagrant band i don't know if they ever did anything on the label did they they did uh like a live record or some shit maybe yeah yeah Um, but i don't know there was there was some good stuff saves alkaline trio yeah but this the third no motive record is probably my favorite thing other than like the first seven inch and like this the first split seven inch yeah yeah it's they're really pushing the boundaries and it's interesting when you listen to it like me and max we worked together and, and we were listening to their their comp song for the upcoming thing that we yeah. haven't talked about yet and uh he was just like is this punk like you know how how close is this to punk and it's weird because I've heard him speak about the third record that is like moving further and further away from that. But when you listen to it, if you're familiar with No Motive, it just sounds like No Motive. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, exactly. Like they they really just have their own sound yeah. at this point. 
where it's not they like, like matured into it and they stuck with that maturity. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good way of putting it. Although that's such a weird way to say it, right? Oh, they're maturing. I get it. I mean, it, but they are, right? it. it's just a, like a, a sound uh, is. Yeah. They're finding their sound it's and a flavor. they're pushing the boundaries a little more. I think that, yeah. you know, they talk about with ugly chords. <laughs> nice, nice ugly chords. Right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But the, um, also, also in the 2000s, the EP, the Lola EP, and. Oh, yeah. And the uh, Winter Long as well. Yeah. Winter Long was 2009. Yeah, 2009. Yeah. So, just other stuff. I'm just throwing that out there. So yeah. We, yeah. Should we address that? But, yeah. But the best is the third. In, in, Into the Darkness is the. Uh, the song that they Great song. Yeah. yeah. So catchy. Yeah. Um, but still heavy. And like, yeah, you know, yeah. It's dark. It is very dark. It's that's dark. the best. That's what I was thinking this whole time. And Roger's, Roger's production on that thing is on that record because he did the whole thing and it's just phenomenal from, from start to finish. Yeah. It's so good. Grain of Fall is a banger. It's a cliche yeah. song. <laughs> what is it? Grano's Fall. The, oh, yeah, yeah. The tell, the, the, the tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And life goes on. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, life goes on, dude. Now I just think of Verity. Why? Because <laughs> he stage did that dove. stage dive. Oh. <laughs> During the acoustic parts. <laughs> yeah. Verity, why you crack your head to the pussy part? <laughs> yeah, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What well, no motive? No motive. I mean, you got to talk about them, and and they're uh, it's it's awesome that they like bridged in like deep halfway into the the two thousands. Yeah. yeah, before the first break, because you talked about Lola, but that's after they took a no. Lola was on the first run. Lola's right? be- between um, in, uh, um, winter long is winter. when they got back together. That's, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's like way later. Yeah, so yeah. their their yeah. band is stretching from like ninety five to oh five oh six. I'd say 06, the latest. Yeah, when they, 06, yeah. Okay. So that's, that's a long run. That's about when Roger moved to Irvine. So that was pretty much the end of it there. So, yeah. Yeah, it was great. And then went along as 09, you said? Yeah. Yeah. So there was another little run there. Yeah, they played at Bombay's. Yeah, that was sick. I couldn't get in. I was yeah, old enough was, to get in. Yeah. You, you got, did Running Dog played? At Bombay's with no one? Yeah. No? I don't think so. What is with, that on? With, when? Um, 2009. Yeah, it was 2009. Oh, for the With, for the winter long release. Yeah. Where did where did they do that at? I can't remember. They did a winter long release. It was with the whereabouts played. I think. Yeah, Bouts played. Yeah. But yeah. We didn't. Chris <coughs> you did. It was in Colorado, so mm. they played. I got them to to do a reunion in 2012 at at my like the pre, I remember uh, that. Uh, the pre wedding show at, at yeah. Uh, mm. Billios? Billios? Oh, that was just an ask when yeah. that was. Yeah, that was 2012. Uh, was that with you? Was that with Burning Dog? Burning Dog. Then that yeah. was the yeah. flyer that because, I remember. Because everybody was in town yeah. from yeah. my wedding, so the next day. So, yeah. Sweet. Okay. Well, sick. Yeah. No motive. Oh, so yeah. good. Crossing over the decades from oh. the 90s to the 2000s and knocking it out of the fucking park both decades. Yes. <sighs> absolutely. Yep. And... Jumping a decade and now releasing this new record. Yeah, we'll get into it. We'll do an episode on We're it. Not a new yeah. record, but yeah. No. New stuff. New st- thing, things are. I'm, uh, I'm talking the seven inch that they released. Things in, are happening. Last October. Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can talk about that. So yeah. they just got back together and did a couple reunion shows. And also, 
they re-released the yeah, the sadness prevails their first with record, with new yeah. uh, new it's a new mix mm-hmm. and a new master yeah and updated artwork too it's, it's it's the same artwork but it's just different colors yeah and there's a little bonus seven inch that came yeah. with it so yeah. the that's songs. the new stuff yeah, yeah. so but yeah, yeah super super cool all right what do we got next we got uh, retaliate. Ooh. The goat. Um, we can just leave it at that and move on. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> we just we just did a big retaliate episode, so I feel like it's been it's been hashed out. Yeah, sick band. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Not by us. But not what? What do you say? <laughs> not by us. We didn't hash it out. Oh yeah, you guys didn't hash it out. Well, <clears throat> no, no. Me and Mikey had nothing to do with that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so so we'll let you let's talk Mikey about your guys' <laughs> memories of retaliate. Um, I remember Zach giving me uh, um, a demo. He said, this is my new band. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it or whatever. <laughs> if you get around to it, just give it a spin. <laughs> no, because I, I met up with Zach and I gave him, I gave me records or something. Like that 88 Fingers Louie 10-inch uh, or something like that. Okay. Yeah. And then you gave me the... The demo. The Holy Grail. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. This is my new band, because I asked you what's going on with Nate Control, and this is mm-hmm. a, a limbo. We recorded the uh, the demo where your current rehearsal space is. Yeah. 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 Oh, right. Well, what part is that? Um, I don't know. What's it called? Hmm. We're out of trust for rehearsals. Where, yeah, it's Rick, Rick Hunter's place. It's, there's a whole bunch of rooms over there. But Armand had a recording studio downstairs, and Roger had one upstairs. Hmm. So... I got into hardcore around MySpace days, so like, yeah. I was just like making mixes, uh-huh. and yeah, I grabbed the demo. So I got into that stuff like 2005, 2006. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it already been kind of dated in a sense. Yeah, but you guys started playing shows again right when I started getting into hardcore. Um, and and you timed that shit properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I just got into it like full swing of things, but yeah. So the demo was definitely. <laughs> Being played loudly, and then uh, Coupe de Etat play, uh, dropped. Yeah. And uh, I got to say, I was really disappointed when you took out This One's For You, Oxnard out of song number four, dude. Oh, yeah, but you guys stole it and put it on your new 7-inch. No, no, no. You're, <laughs> no, talking, no, you're, no, talking, no. About, you're talking about the Born to Lose ending. I'm, oh, talking, yeah. I'm talking about the when you guys did like, <laughs> like, that was my favorite part as a kid. And uh, uh, Yeah, this is for you, Oxnard. Well... What I oh I did is because I did something different on song number ten yeah, when yeah, I was yeah. like two more octaves. Oh yeah. So yeah. speaking what? of that, yeah, every record, every LP you guys have dropped, the the final song has always been the banger to me, yeah. and I've noticed a trend, and that shit's tight. And I, can't, <laughs> I can't wait for LP four, man. It's coming out, and just wait, dude. Like I hate sincere core, but I I hit hard on that sincere core shit oh, yeah, dude, on sure, the last like, song on this record. Yeah, yeah. so because like the it's all it's super sincere core. The last song on the on Thorns too, you know. Dude, I was telling Verity that like I when I first heard that I was like, this is it, dude. They're packing it up. Like it's done, <laughs> dude. Like they're not like this is their last record, and uh, it had those vibes for sure. But like hey, said, you never know when you're gonna get hit by a bus. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you gotta make make every record. Like it's your last. <laughs> <laughs> I think the first time I saw you guys was Skate Street. 
Um, that would be most likely. And there was chain link fence outside. Okay. You remember that? I yeah, because it, it must have been the Sound and Fury. Yeah. I think so. They were oh. trying to not have ins and outs, so they they built like a fencing outside yeah. so people could go outside smoking. Smoking. Yeah. yeah, that was like the Alpine vibes. They had the, I had actually have the sign from Alpine that says absolutely no ins and outs. And I think that was my first yeah. show back. From you know, because I had lived in Texas for that year, mm-hmm. the year before that, so it was my first show back, and I ran into Todd somewhere, and he said to come to the show. I'm like, okay, what's going, what, what, what's going on? I don't even know. It's but punk rock, dude. I show up and it's like fucking ten million kids. I'm yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud. Yeah, well, Todd was booking most of the shows yeah. at yeah, that time. Yeah, so there's yeah. an icon, pretty iconic photo of uh, I don't know if you know Tzok. Um, from Oxnard, he's like on crutches and he broke his nose during a retaliate set. And Fred Hammer <laughs> took a picture and his nose, he's like, he's like retracting back and there's just like blood everywhere. And the his crutches are in the in the air. It's so good. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. it was, he's on a flyer later. It's like a, a really cool fucking picture. That yeah. rules. Yeah. All right, who's next? Uh, oh, I just want to say, Retaliate, oh. new record this year. It's coming. We're done with uh, drums. 2020. Yeah. Some Man of War. Yeah, by the time this is done. By the time this comes out, we'll be done with everything. So that shit will be at the plant. So get ready. Send send in your pre-orders to Indecision. Insert sample here. Yeah. Oh, dude. What? <laughs> What's the man of war? Because I was jacking you in the, in the text. Yeah. In the song. Well, what's the song? The intro. Oh, word. Word. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So moving on from Retaliate. Can we skip this one and come back to it just so yeah. I'm getting embarrassed? Yeah. That's fine. All right. So okay. let's go on to Missing 23rd. Missing 23rd. <clears throat> And so again, like talking about how No Motive was like the shit in the '90s, Missing Twenty Third very similar, like yeah, very popular out the gate. The demo fucking is close to you can get to perfect on a demo yeah. of doing like you know the fast DC type hardcore, yeah. but then also being insanely catchy. Yeah, um, yeah. being able to hit on you know mm-hmm. subjects that feel like they're all they can almost be also ran. Um, and just been treaded over so much, but like just having a hot, catchy take on it. Like, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you're a, if you're a band and you can come out with a banging anti-racist song, fucking do it. Like there's not enough of them. Like almost every band should have one, you know, every band should have a unity song. Every band should have a fucking anti-racist song. Like, and uh, these are, these are the things we can all agree on. Right. So. Tony, but, t- Tony said once that I'll stop writing unity songs when we're actually unified. So there you go. You know. Good. That's that's a great line. Yeah, that's a great line. So, but the Tony missing Cortez. twenty missing twenty third, um, and the first LP is actually in the nineties, correct? It's like ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so them being able to like kind of transition through and going into the two thousands and doing it strong, strong. They went a little more melodic, I think. A little more melodic, but still, like, they never lose the well, they speed. Had, no, they don't. No, no, they no, never no. lose. They just go, like... So they had some uh, member changes and yes, stuff. Yes, of course. Know, on both... On, well, all three all three of the main records. So the de- de- Demos aside, okay, so all three main records, there's there's different members in each. 
Um, obviously, John, John and Mike are the constant. Yeah. Uh, Woodgrain. Um, Rand Porcel. You still got the two dudes. Yeah. And then... And they're adding bangers. They're adding, like... You know, the first record is Nick and, mm-hmm. and uh, Mike Gleason playing drums, and Nick from... Uh, uh, the Little Town. King City. <clears throat> yes. Um, Shout out. And then... Shout out to Shout out King City Hardcore. I always yeah. get fucking tickets there. And then... It is a giant speed trap. Then little Matt joins from Peter Pan's Army... Oh, he was in Peter Pan's Army? He was in Peter I did Pan. not know that. Yeah. Um, playing bass at first. Uh, I just remember him playing bass the whole time, no? Yeah, he played bass at first. Okay, so. And it was him and then Woody and then Mike Carter on the on the last record. That's right. Was playing bass. That's right. And, and then Matt was playing guitar and then Mike That's right. was playing guitar as well. And then Mike left the band too. There was a little... You know, a, you, you a, just a little tune, in, yeah, tune yeah. into the John Carrara podcast for that one. Yeah, it's yeah. like episode eight. Yeah, is it eight like or three? Uh, it's, it's no, it's not three. It's uh, in the top ten. Yeah, it's in first, the first, first 10, ten. First ten for all the lineup uh, stuff. Yeah, but as far as sound, like we're saying, they're maturing, but they're not yeah. losing any sort of aggression. No, they lost no, nothing. No, no, it's and still, just, still punch, still, still so much energy. John, John always delivers that, uh, that, that hype. Yeah. yeah, and just the lyrics you can kind of like reach out and touch. Like he makes them simple and like relatable. Yeah, like let's go to the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's That's, go. Let's go. They wrote a song about fun. a street that I grew up on. Strooby, you grew up on Strooby. Uh, yeah, my grandmother was on Strooby. My family's from El Rio, California, so well, very close to my heart. So when I was young and I heard Strooby Street, it was like yeah, that rules. It, it, yeah. it was tight. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the the bass player. I don't know. You, you know the story then already. Yeah. I, well, I know there's. Some well, tell the story, there. Joe, for yeah, the people. Yeah, there's some context. Okay, so the bass the bass player for Dick Circus Martin lived mm-hmm. on Struby, Struby, and John lived with with Martin, and they practiced in the back, and mm-hmm. then eventually No Motive practiced there. Um, quality of life. Uh, repeater. 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 Eight hundred practiced there, and Pretty Dog practiced there as well, and uh, they had this super super fat dog. Named Skinny. Okay. <laughs> I just remember that. But anyway, yeah. So that's that's Strooby Street. So yeah, it was yeah. a song John, basically a love song to his. For sure, yeah. His, yeah. No, it's, oh, like, yeah. it's like a ode to that buddy. time, for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 Not specifically to Martin, but encompassing that time. Yeah. 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 That's the color that only episode one can fucking yeah. bring you, huh? <laughs> that can be wrong about a little bit picture. of that, but that's, that's pretty much what... The dog this might have not been called Skinny, <laughs> but everything no, else. No, no, the dog was definitely Skinny. <laughs> yeah. She was like a lab German Shepherd mix. She was, she was a sweet dog. That's cool. She was fat. Yeah, and then also I think worth noting is the second LP was also on Sessions Records, which yeah. is the first one was too. No, no, the that first was on one, Mankind. The first one was on Mankind, which <clears throat> yeah. Igby Ig- Ig- doesn't do Mankind anymore, right? It's a no, different it's name. Whatever it is, it's because yeah, it's uh, yeah, because he just did the repeat demos again. Yeah, and he's changed. He's gone through. His, didn't he used to do Ammunition as well? Yes. Yeah, so he goes through iterations of changing his label name. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I think I think that's an interesting thing that maybe we should talk about on another podcast. But like choosing labels and then having like the label go away. Yeah. that's like a weird weird thing because like you can't really find this record anymore. Yeah, because Sessions is a label that didn't like stick around. They were, I don't well, know, the clothing companies, the clothing company. With, yeah. yeah, so they Skate were skateboards, snowboarding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and so Missy and Third, they were 
afforded a lot of opportunities by yeah. going there. Like they were able to go to Japan and so forth and right, go right. do like these Europe. cool, like Europe. extreme sport hype things. Yeah. The Warped Tour style. Yeah. Like some of, some of that stuff. But, but it, it, it just is interesting thing about like these labels that come and go and, and, and losing the material yeah. is weird. Yeah. Is it, it's obviously then not on Spotify or anything, right? No, I checked. It's yeah, not there. I, so then it's just like an almost lost record. There's like random shit on. That's like, my favorite um, record too. Which sucks of theirs. Like I like the rips of it. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. So it's out know. there though. I mean, people have got it. Share, yeah. File sharing and doing yeah. all that stuff. And anybody that wants it's getting it. But yeah, we need to figure out how to get them to repress all that stuff, including the last record too. Which was only on CD. Oh, I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The they, they end of an error. Yeah. Really? No, I think that was on vinyl too. No, it wasn't. I know because I would have had it. Oh. Yeah, I don't think so. For sure. Okay. When John listens to this in a month, dude, Sorry, John. So yeah, Missy Twenty Third again, like no motive, spanning through the nineties, into the two thousands, knocking out the park. Um also, like turning into like uh, a legendary band of the area, and and having like big sing-alongs, big For like sure. hit songs, you know, like uh, struggle. Yes, which, oh, dude, which yeah. came which came Damn. out of like like a time when they were like broken up, right? And it's a um, skeptic song, the skeptics, yeah. yeah. Which is like the band after a Peter because yeah. of skeptics, and then they take that, so they they end up having like big tent pole songs. I think hate was another song too. But off the demo. So, yeah, yeah. The oh. first four demo songs. There's a video of them playing, like, a Nardcore <laughs> but, show. Yeah. At oh, the Alpine. The Alpine yeah. That reunion. Yeah. And, like, there's like Dude. there's a circle pit where people are, like, skipping circle because they're playing Struggle, which is a slower tempo. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the sing-along is just, like, shaking the room. Yeah, it, it is, is amazing. So sick. Like, yeah. balcony shot. Like, yeah. biggest circle pit you've ever seen. At the Alpine. That was really amazing. Dope. Yeah, I, I, was, I was chuckling because I remembered... Uh, they had the uh, uh, control your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, okay. So the song, which is off the first record and in the demos and stuff too. But the uh, the Atascadero uh, kids, which was eventually Ryan, um, mm-hmm. uh, carry on, carry on, Ryan George. Like they all had a like a Macarena dance that they mm-hmm. would all do when Missy Twenty Third would play that. <laughs> <laughs> I just and Ryan was one of those kids. Yeah. That's that. funny. <laughs> That's so cool. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Anything else on the twenty third? Yeah. Well, that's might. another. That's another one. You know, with them going and they played like the numbskull circuit, so they did yeah. connect with like those kids. Yeah. Like, if you're a kid from a Tuscadero and you're going to shows in San Luis Obispo, yeah, yeah. I mean, Missing Twenty Third is one of the best bands you're going to see. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. They had a connect up there too because Mike's Mike's grandma lived in 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 Slow, so mm. so they had a place to stay always. Cool. So it was a lot easier for them to travel up there and just stay the night and then drive back the next day. That the Fury sixty six guy? No, 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 oh. Mike Woody. Woody oh, Woody. Woody. Oh, okay. his his grandma lived Drummond. in San Luis Obispo. Oh. Yeah, yeah, Mike Drummond. Yeah, I always forget. I haven't called him by his real last name in twenty years. So oh, Woody. So yeah, that's it. All right. Cool. That's Mr. Twenty Third. Legendary two thousands band yeah, out of Austin. Trace. Oh yeah, hardcore. Um. Did they ever share members with the Glass and Ashes guy, or was yes. that just the bass That's player? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. The bass player, dude? Just just Mike Carter, yeah. Okay. So, Joe, you can you can discuss Glass, glass and Ashes. 
I will say any album cover with a shark on it is sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's good shark art. So Shout they recorded shark art, dude. They recorded that with Armand at uh, uh, his previous his the previous place where okay. he yeah. Okay. Um yeah. I can't remember what it used to be called, but yeah. Armand of Night Demon, who yeah. does uh, Captain's Quarters now. Yeah. Um, they recorded it there. Uh, it's basically all-stars from a bunch of other Ventura bands, and then Mike Carter, although I guess technically he's from a Ventura band since he was in Missing 23rd, but he's he came from, from somewhere else. Who they have from Exxon 83? On eighty three, I don't think anybody. Oh, well then. Uh, so I guess you said all star Ventura. Yeah. So it's Mike, Mike Leeson. <laughs> Mike Leeson, who's the original drummer, Missing Twenty Third, um, and then Peter Pan's Army later. Then him and Victor switched mm-hmm. from Missing Twenty Third to Peter Pan's Army. Both of them switched. Um, uh, Dave Hall is in Three Point Play. Your your favorite, and uh, and then Jesse, who. I, I I'm waiting for confirmation, but I'm pretty sure Jesse was in Rainfall as well. You're mm. your favorite, so um. <laughs> don't knock me for not liking four minute songs, dude. Like if you can't solo like Maiden, then don't have a four minute song. That's all. So yeah, and they were a super great band. They were on No Idea. Um, they had a. F- for for this area, a very original sound. Nobody yeah. sounded like that. Yeah, you know, I, I know there's a lot of bands that do have that feel and sound to them, but not here. It's so, a mid tempo, up tempo, yeah. rock up-tempo, and sound, right? Ro- like rock and rolly, like hot, yeah, like a that, hot water music kind yeah, of vibe. Hot water ish, yeah, yeah. Hence, no ideas, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And they put out two LPs. Two LPs, yeah, yeah. Both on no idea. Yeah, they did a lot of touring. They did a lot of, uh, yeah. And then they've gone on to 20,000 other bands, too. But we don't need to get into them because... Yeah, it's not breathing. Yeah. Young Livers, how are they related? Dave, uh, D- D- both Dave and Mike were, were, okay. were in both bands. But that, that band is out of, out of Gainesville because mm. they all moved to Gainesville. And, and then... Uh, D- you know, Dave and Mike moved out there and the, t- to join a band with two other Gainesville guys already. Yeah, because that's where No Idea is located, right? Yeah, and the Fest. I think I think, oh, I think yeah, the label is out of there, but but certainly the Fest, and that's where Hot Gainesville's from, yeah. and all that uh, too. So there's a lot of good bands on No Idea. Actually, like a lot of bands off that label. Yeah, like the well, that first like compilation of all the early Dillinger Four stuff is on there. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, uh, it's a good record. Yeah, it's so good. So good. Yeah. Um, I love the band name. Yeah. Glass and yeah. Ashes. I think it's a good band name. It's cool. And fucking Sick Sharks, dude. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. kind of shows does this band was this band playing? I never saw them. Um, yeah, they were I mean, you know, Missing Twenty Third and play with them or, or or basically anything like that. Fucking um, Wrath, probably. Um, that's a, a little bit later, yeah. Um, yeah, I can't remember exactly now because I didn't pull up flyers or anything. So yeah, yeah. Just do a project. Yeah. Hey, great, why don't great. we take a break? Sure, um, real quick. Okay. And, uh, um, we can. Uh, sure. 
All right. You want to, what's the next band? We are going to get into the last priority. Hi, my name is Brady Ann. Who wants to hit it? Oxnard Street Punk. I'll hit it. Do it. Um, I never saw this band a lot. We play. We X Mag and Mike's play with them a few times. Um, but they're really important. Um, their self-titled record is good the whole way through. If you're into that street punk stuff, I love that stuff. Sounds like the Casualties. The opening track off that thing is alcoholic. If you want to drink beer and slam, it doesn't get any better. Yeah. With your homie. I was telling Stu that he sent me the Dropbox of the LP and I listened to it and I was realizing that it's one of those bands that I've seen enough times that I knew them. I knew their stuff by seeing them live and I I actually was like, I don't think I've ever listened to a recording besides like MySpace single tracks. Yeah, we saw them a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, They were the first like legit punk show I ever went to at the Underground and I remember not only being blown away by like them but like just kind of going to like a club and just being like, this is fucking kind of crazy. The underground, you know? the the Ventura one across from the mall, the right? mall, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. not, not the Santa Barbara one. Yeah, so that was the that was the the venue at the time when I kind of first got started, like my I don't know introduction shows, and then Alpine kind of broke open. Yeah, and uh, I remember there was a fight that was about to break out, and uh, the underground was like, "Yo, not here at at this last party show," and so all the punks just literally walked to the mall. <laughs> and, ha- and the fight happened there. And I was like, yo, these fools are punk as fuck, but like, respect the venue. That's fucking yeah. tight. That is- <laughs> it was cool. That's sick. Damn. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah, I went to one show there. I think it was last priority. So it was cool, man. That place show that I went to. That, that place was really cool. Next to the Goodwill, or it was the Goodwill. Or- uh, it's right by a thrift store. It used to be the Goodwill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that brick building. Yeah. You didn't go to Warriors Retaliate? No. That comeback show. We opened with a Slayer a intro. That's the one time we opened with a Slayer intro and Joe wasn't there. What the fuck? Yeah. What intro? <clears throat> Off seasons. Didn't you do that at the, uh, the, the, the VFW market, the Ventura VFW? Retail? I don't think so. No, no, no. I don't. Maybe. I doubt it, though, because the only time we played there, like we played like a five song set, because that was the In Control reunion. Oh, it was that TV. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we yeah. kept it really short that night. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, last priority. Um, we should also say this is Josh Stamps's Josh, band, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. So, Nardcore Legend. And so yeah. it's really his. And Brady. Uh, yeah, and too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. That's it. With, with the song, they started out, it's called Alcoholic. Yeah, it's nuts. Did the drummer play on a keg? <laughs> no, he should have though. But it has that. It, it, this, the track ends with like the classic dude throwing up in the toilet, and then one of the, yeah. someone yells, "Luna, don't hold your fucking liquor." <laughs> Did they have a, a song called "Belligerent"? Did they? No, I don't know. No. I don't know. <laughs> they should. It, should, it should be thrown. And we're talking about Oxnard's uh, Street Punk, uh, Dysfunctional Chaos, and James and the Fucking Mexicans. Yeah, show. James and Mexicans. They. I feel like the last priority brought that whole street punk scene back into Oxnard. And a bunch of bands popped up because that, like, yeah, like you said, like, like Waste Brigade, Last Priority, uh, yeah. like, um, yeah, James and Mexicans, they were huge. James and awesome. Mexicans have a song called Boot Boy Stick Together, which is arguably the best always song to come out yeah. of the 05. It's a great So, this is circa 2005? Yeah, like, 
Yeah. It's like 2005, 2006. Uh, I saw James and the Mexicans downstairs Alpine maybe, yeah, 07, and they were coming out of a hiatus. Okay. And then that was like the Alpine riot thing where some shit happened. That was the, the quote, quotations, the last punk show at Alpine. Yeah, Ohio. Alpine. That was kind of like Alpine's like, we're done with the punks. Cause oh, what some, happened? <clears throat> uh, so so James James and the Mexicans <laughs> James and the Mexicans were played. you one of the Mexicans? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm a half white dude. Don't trip. <laughs> uh, um, uh, James and the Mexicans played their the set, right. and uh, and the Assault played too, which I don't know if you're familiar with the Assault, but they're like the, uh, Benji. Benji played. He was in that band. Yeah. Benji and Ben from yeah, Punk Railer. Cool. And uh, and so they played Dysfunctional Chaos played, um, and James and the Mexicans played, and they played. Boot Boys stick together twice because it's that good. Sick. And then they play, they play at the second time during their encore, they were playing at the second time, and um, a notable punk from the 805 scene, Oxnard, kind of like stepped up to some out-of-towners and was singing the song to their face. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, Downstairs Alpine is very spacious, and mm-hmm. it wasn't really packed in. So like, And it was also, they played the same song twice to end it, so people started leaving. And then it kind of migrated outside in front of the door slash the smoking area. And uh, security guards like Booney John and Josh Mosh were like Batman. They were kind of like keeping that shit separated. And um, it, nothing was going to happen. <laughs> but then this random girl walked up and was like, yo, who hit my cousin? Who the fuck hit my cousin? Of course. And I was just like, me. <laughs> Every fucking fight <laughs> in yeah. the city starts. And, and me, just being, <laughs> me just like being like fully out of context and like not or not part of the situation. Fully, I was like, yo, they like, that's the girl that hit your cousin right there. <laughs> and so she like walked over there nonchalantly, like just like, cause no one's going to think she's going to do anything and walks up to this girl and like, it gets super quiet. She's like, yo, what's up bitch? And just like starts hitting her. And then the security guards go for that fight. And then all hell broke loose. Yeah. And yeah, um, Josh broke his ribs at that show. Yeah. He got stomped out. Sorry, yeah. Josh. I remember I couldn't go. That was a weekday show. I couldn't go. Cause I had school the next that's day. That's pretty crazy. Like the, they they called the cops and everything kind of dispersed and by the end it wasn't even they weren't finding anyone it was just kind of like they're finding the security guards and it got kind of gnarly. But yeah, crazy show. James Mexicans. Did band. did they put out a record? <laughs> they, I want to say yeah. Now it's on YouTube. Yeah, I saw uh, it on YouTube. A few um, little tracks. But uh, is that like a, a demo? You think like a CDR a, demo? They had a CDR demo, but then I I had a response to me posting about it on Instagram and. Um, our homie Chubbs was like, what do you know about this? And he like zoomed in on some photo of it, what looked like a seven inch cover. So I was like, Ooh. Ooh. yeah, uh, I think I'm going to see Chubbs on Sunday. So I could ask about that, but yeah. Shout out to Chubbs. Yeah, I was to trying Chubbs. to Google it and it was just sending me somewhere else. Like there's some other band and the Mexicans. Jaime and the Mexicans. Maybe. <laughs> it was something. It was <laughs> such a good Jaime band name. Mexican, no, it was yeah. just, it was just something. It was like, Something pretty famous, yeah. And mm-hmm. so it kept like jacking the Google search, and there I was. I wasn't searching that hard. I wasn't gonna yeah. parentheses shit. Yeah, all that. I was yeah. like, this is a Boot, casual Google search. Boot Boys stick together is <laughs> oi, top tier boy song, dude. It's, yeah, it's that song was cool. great. Yeah, what's well, it? And Pogo, Pogo, fucking Pogo, Pogo on my lawn. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that song is so. This this one goes out to the guy who fucking did. Fuck you, Pogo. Yeah, that song. <laughs> catchy, catchy. Um, catchy. Um, well, I wanted to bring in like more of that punk shit, like in like post 2005, um, like bands like Terrorist Attack. I feel like Terrorist Attack 
was the last Ventura Krusty band, yeah. which was a very prevalent scene in the 90s. Were they better than Exxon 83? They were good. <laughs> they were a two-singer band, and yeah. one of the singers had dreadlocks, and they fucking <gasps> ripped. It was like Mario and Shorty with a 40. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, they were fronted by a guy named Mario and another guy named Shorty with a 40. Yeah. <laughs> and their, their, their guitarist was a guy named Jubs. Jubs. It's fucking tight. What if he caught that food drinking a fucking 22? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's kicked he's out of his own name. There's 22, a, either a 32 or a 20 ounce. Yeah. There's, a, there's, 22. A, there's a notorious video on the internet somewhere from the 2010s. Uh, and, I uh, really wish that this show was happened a year earlier. Yeah, but uh, Shorty with the 40 falls out of a ceiling at a house that was fucking destroyed yeah. during a show. It was probably the... Yeah, you guys talk about that. That garage show, the Peaky House garage show. Yeah, this is like the equivalent that for show us. for, for us. Yeah. yeah, so good. Yeah, but it was 2010, so we can't talk about it. Yeah, next time. Kind of did. Move on. Next time. <laughs> kind of did. <laughs> kind of line stepping over this too. Um, my bad. Cool. You want to move on to the fucking wrath? The fucking wrath. We have one of their flyers right here. Yeah. From the Ceremony, album. Hope Conspiracy, The Fucking Wrath, Pressure, Force Forward, Poacher. Poacher? No idea. Cool. So we've established a play to show. <laughs> How does anyone feel about the band? <laughs> so the band is... <laughs> John's, John C. from a senior from a senior 23rd's first attempt at playing drums again after a long time since Dick Circus. So, um, yeah, he said the catalyst of the band is they're living in a apartment complex in Montalvo. Yeah. And him and Craig, they're smoking weed all the time. Yeah. It sounds like that. Yeah. 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 So it's a slow, dirgy, heavy, you know, uh, rocky vibes. Fast, uh, when it's fast, it's like Motorhead and Amoebics. Yeah. And like, like hints of tragedy. Yeah. And like, uh, down. I don't know if you guys ever listened to that band. It's like I think it's like a spawn off of like Crowbar or something. They're, they're like a New Orleans. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the Pantera guys' other band. Is it okay? It's the singer of Pantera. Yeah. Band. Um, I never, unfortunately, never really saw. I saw this band once at Salzer's. They played in the parking lot. That was really, oh, yeah. that was really fun. But I saw them a bunch. They were great. There was always they're always good. They put out a couple records on TP Records. Which is the same oh, yeah. label that Annihilation Time was on. Yeah. So, another, <clears throat> another tie in. Yeah. Is that based out of 805? No. I don't know where it is. That sounds so familiar. I think they put out that Shattered Badge record too. I don't know about that. I will, I will go off to Discogs in terrible radio, but keep going about uh-huh. the rest. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a good band. And uh, Nick is a great bass player and later played in Dr. No for a little bit. The, the reunion Kyle, Dr. No. Um, yeah. No, he was say. singing Is Burning Tree, did the Shattered Badge. That's uh, yeah, dude true. from Rainbow, Jerome. Jerome, yeah. Mm. yeah. Who also helped with the Narco 30 Years Later comp. Oh, shit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Let's look at that Burning Tree catalog, because that was number 14. He did a lot of bands. He did. He did a lot of stuff. He did the Bad Samaritan stuff. Mm-hmm. That's all CD. And uh, Last Priority, CD only, America's Hijacked. Yeah, yeah that's that was their last record. That's on the same label. And he did a Stop Breathing record, 2015. That bombed Stop away. Breathing 5, I think. Yeah. Roman numeral 5. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, not TP, Burning Tree, but it rhymes. It does. TP, yeah. Okay, what's next? (laughs) Holier Than Thou. Okay, I think this is one of the most underrated bands of the early 2000s. It's, uh, fuck, I don't know everyone in the band, but I know Jeff Capra played guitar, and he was in a lot of the the seminal, like, or he was in, at least in... Manumission. Yeah, he was in, uh, like, some of the abolition bands yeah. in the 90s, like the more emotional. And so this Capra was... Capra was? Yeah. yeah. So this is, like, wild that he comes out just fucking thrashing with like speed picking and fucking the singer was a fucking maniac i don't know who he was yeah he had some fucking line that we used to always laugh about it's like but anyway whatever the fuck ever i can't remember but uh this is also noel playing drums who uh who he did this in his time in life's halt may have crossed over because he was the third drummer of life's halt and then he did he still plays with like they needed Annihilation Time and then still in Lecherous Case, I believe. So, but this is Noel really young. And the funny story is uh, the bass player of Holier Than Thou was actually Noel's math teacher in high school. Oh, shit. So that was how young Noel was. I don't know if he was like, he might have even still been in high school. Like, the dude might have been his teacher at the time. That's why. <laughs> yeah. That's I think sick. So. I think that is the case. Yeah. yeah. And so they were wild. And. I love them so much, and uh, it was when I was booking a fair amount of shows, and a lot of shows at Pat's Warehouse, um, and I was always, like, I fucking hate a long show, so I was only doing four-man shows ever, and a lot of times at the time, it was before the big package tours, so two bands would come from wherever, you know, like, just two bands touring together, and so if they don't draw that good, what you want to do is you want to put them with a local headliner and a local opener, so they don't have to open the show, and then... A local band can draw some kids, bring some eyes on them, so forth. Yeah, and smart. I used to have holding smart. on open, like try have them open almost everything because they were the band I wanted to see more than any other band. And so always at Ojai and Pats, and they just fucking never showed up on time. So I finally had to stop booking them, yeah. <laughs> you know. But notoriously late. But uh, shredding the first seven inch and the LP hating the guts, fucking awesome. And they actually did later stuff as the, the well. The barbecue. Yeah, 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 yeah. They did the barbecue record, and then they did another one that I like found. I was like, what the fuck is this? But that this? came out like 2009 or 10 or something. It remember. came out later. Yeah. Significantly. High on barbecue, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then there was another one that came out like later. It was just like, what the fuck? So always shredding, always awesome. Yeah. Fast, short songs. Fast, short songs. And then a singer that like matched the intensity in his rhythm patterns. He matched Capra's guitar playing in his vocal rhythm patterns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So my recollection is Todd was in the band at a time. 
Todd Jones. I don't, I don't remember that at he all. He played guitar. And then he wasn't going to play guitar anymore. So they asked, so Jeff asked me to come play guitar. So I practiced with them a couple times. What when when would that have been? I'm going to say 2003. So like after the first LP. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe even before it. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, um, it was just too much of a hassle to get to Santa Barbara all the time. Did they get you high on barbecue at least? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But he's claimed it. Jeff may have played. Differently, but he grew up with Bomber and Chris. Well, not grew up, but he was friends, really good friends with Bomber um, in, in Chris Rest. And that that's where that guitar playing comes yeah. from, I, I think. You know. Oh, okay, agree. Um, yeah, so High on Barbecue actually comes out. I, I got it up now. The 7-inch, the self-titled 7-inch is on six weeks. That's 2001. Hating of the Guts, the LP comes out in six weeks, same year. Then you have High on Barbecue comes out in 03. But it's a five-song, it's a... Five or six song, one sided, twelve inch. So it's not a lot of music, and one of them's a Motorhead cover. Oh, and so that's 03. They also do another seven inch. We come in peace and leave in peace. The same year in 03. And then Jeff's they don't. Such a prolific writer. He writes nonstop writing yeah. music. And then in 2013, way yeah, later. Yeah, that's fucking late. That's, you dude. can't have slaughter without laughter. So also on but six is that weeks. New stuff or is that like demo stuff or something? Yeah. It says recorded in the summer of 05. Ooh. Okay, there you go. So what yeah. a great record title. Yeah. I like that. I know. It's like, huh, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You, you really can't have slaughter without laughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Capra. It's funny you mentioned that. Yeah, Capra Capra still shreds and yeah. Uh, yeah. Railer dude. Railer. Railer's sick. Blast concept, R.I.P. But um, yeah, if if you hang out with Capra and you hang out with him long enough and you get him telling stories, he has a lot of cool stories. He's, yeah, he's been around for a long time and he's told me about seeing Misfits play at a park and some shit like OG lineup. Like, yeah, super Dude. cool. That rules. That's yeah. awesome. Capra's awesome. We'll get him on at some point. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, yeah. Sick. so who's next? Slayer. So sick. Who is next? Slayer is next. Uh, Annihilation time. I wanted to toss this one on there. Um, First LP, so this band actually was kind of like, it came together actually on like the first Ingatrol tour, I believe. We went in, Oth- in the year 2001 with Fields of Fire on a full US tour, and Fred went on, he went along as the roadie for Fields of Fire, and uh, he just, he obviously made good friends with all the guys, and so Annihilation Time kind of started as a side project of Fields of Fire with Fred singing and Graham at the time, he uh, he was playing drums for Fields of Fire, and he's an okay drummer, but he is like the ultimate guitar shredder. And at the time, he was like full on this like blast worship kick, and so this was kind of like he was able to see his vision like coming out from behind the kit to playing guitar, and then uh, you know anyone that knows Fred knows that Fred is a, also a, a blast worshiper. Yeah, totally. So yeah. so the two together. <clears throat> 
um, <coughs> working really good. And then Tony uh, from Ingatrol at the time, he was playing as as when they started, he was playing guitar for fun because it was to play guitar in a band. And Jamie, the guitarist of Feels the Fire, was playing drums. But pretty soon, you know, they were like, actually, this band is it has potential to be really good. So let's stop fucking around and toss Jamie back on yeah. guitar and toss Tony on drums and let's let's fucking rage. So the first iteration of that band was like that, and the timing was good because the scene was pretty good. Um, you know, O two O three was kind of like the prime of Ojai. Yeah, fertile ground. Yeah, so like they're able to play and they did some good shows, and then uh, when when they they kicked Fred out of the band, they got I I always like I was hoping they would actually go heavier um, mm. and stay kind of on that kick like weirder. Sabbathy but blasty, mm. and they actually went a full left turn. They got this dude Jimmy, who I believe is from Cleveland, maybe from Pittsburgh, somewhere out there, yeah. and uh, came in as like a full on punk vocalist. And the the song stripped down to like punk, but influenced like old rock and roll, like you know, like raw raw or like Thin Lizzy type stuff. Mm. Also, Graham. Of course, never stops practicing. He's so like, amazing he keeps guitarist. getting better and better. The the riffs are getting insane. Even as just like you're stripping it down to more punk, but his his riffs are insane. His soloing is insane. Chris Grande is really coming to his own, playing bass. He's like he's turned into like if you want to say like from a bass player to a bassist. It's like right around this time. Like he's really like writing bass lines and. Um, Tony's still in the band, and he's he's perfect for this style. He can do like the you know the close hi hat drivey really good. He can play like a really good loose style. So that Annihilation Time Two is what a lot of people consider um, the classic Annihilation Time record. I actually prefer the third one the most. Um, I think it's their best record. Just maybe it's the production. The second one. Uh, I believe they recorded it in Europe, and I believe they may have been under the influence of a lot of drugs at the time, which may be why the uh, the quality, you know, might have not been all the way up to snuff. Um, and the third one just sounds great, and it's still like that Annihilation Time. Um, I absolutely love it, and I love the journey the guys went on to after that because moving out of that decade, they go on to do Lecherous Gaze, love which that. which they yeah. still do, and. Uh, and it's awesome. So these guys are notable in the. Did they all moved to Australia. No, just Graham just moves Graham. in Australia. Okay. Crazy. Um, so I think they still do Electric Case. They put out a, a record like last year, or the year before. It's so good. Yeah, so good. That and record. that album art is ridiculous. <laughs> it's so like low. next level shit. And then uh, and Chris is in a million bands, um, and all are good because you know Chris is a a music junkie and. You know, if he has a stamp on something, you know it's going to be good. So that's what I got for Annihilation Time. What do you guys got? I just got, um, like, Mike and I were talking about this as we were walking up, like, how the first record, just how it starts. It's just, like, bass. Drivey bass. Drivey bass. And then it goes into, um, I I think they sound more like that My War era Black Flag. On the first record. Yeah. Yeah. Ray Pettibone did the artwork. I love that artwork. It's Ray Pettibone. Yeah. For Black Flag. It's fucking red. Forest. 
Sorry, sorry. It was, uh, so I got in, so I met Fred, I think, after Annihilation Time. Obviously, yeah, after yeah. Annihilation Time. Um, I actually did merch for him at Sound of Fury for The Power of Expression. Okay. And, uh, and, yep. Micah gave me this shirt. And, uh, and <laughs> it was radio. Cool. The yeah. short shirts. <laughs> the shirts. And, uh, and, yeah, it's, it's cool to listen back on it here, Fred, because I Mike feel like Fred me. is, like, pretty kind of reserved. Micah gave me this shirt. Oh, that's a sick shirt. And, uh, it's cool to hear him, like, come alive. He's, he's. He has a, a good energy on that record. And on that record, uh, what I thought was really cool is uh, Annihilation Time played at Sound and Fury in Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. and um, I just think thought them playing in general was really cool, and everyone was really excited to see them. And then Fred got up there and played a few songs. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. After he was out of the band, yeah, he yes. went on and did a couple songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. super cool. Cool. All yeah. I have to say is I felt bummed. That Fred was kicked out of yet another band that was fucking amazing, but it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's all. Legacy, Christmas. The legacy lives on, dude. Yeah. yeah. Well, first record. I mean, he's on the first one, so it's recorded. It's in it. Yeah, it's recorded history. First one uh, recorded with Nick Jet from Terror. No way. Yeah. Shit. It's uh, one of the first albums that he did, I believe. That's awesome. So that is awesome. Yeah. Just a, a little fun fact for y'all. Yeah. Okay, what do we got? We got Santa Barbara Hardcore Down Presser. I chose this path that I'm a true of what I see. It gets worse every day. I know it's not me. And you got a solution. I can guess what it will be. Oh, you're so clever. I disagree. It's better say. I don't have what it takes. Because I can fuck someone over and go my way. I- Yo, the goats. The goat. The riff goats of the 805. After, it's, it's funny that we compare them to RKL a little bit, right? Yeah. Because, like, RKL, Santa Barbara-ish, riff goats of the 80s. For sure. And then of the 2000s, <clears throat> Downpress are coming through in a completely different style. It's like they almost invented Tremelo picking at this point. Masters, yeah. They're wild, wild songwriting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, not until the album that they put out um, in December of 19, like all the songs before that, they're just like no structure, just like. That's why they're good. Like part to part to part to part, but having like a flow that makes sense, it's not like they're just nonsensically putting parts together. Right. So it has it has an ebb and a flow. Sean and Sean and Dan definitely vibe. Um, I know other members have come and gone. Uh, over the years, Kale's currently their drummer, and he slays. Yeah, um, but yeah, Perverted Justice was badass. Um, Age of Ignorance. Well, like just back to the demo. Like the demo was out That's true. after all their name changes. The demo was something that we played nonstop. Brass Monkey demo, whatever you want to call it. Don't um, be but a don't be a menace. But I remember. Um, how excited we were for Perverted Justice to come out. Like that was like the buzz in our group. And when that record hit, we were like, holy shit. And that was on Todd's label. I think it was on Street Cleaner. It was. Yeah. Yep. Um Street Cleaner number one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do the second album on Triple B, mm-hmm. which is now one of the biggest labels in hardcore. Yeah. True. But ten years ago. Yeah. It just goes to show. I mean, Triple B had good taste back then and 
they were able to curate something really special you know, fun, over the last 10 years. We could, I'm gonna, speaking of Triple B, fun fact, um, there was a band around this time, it's like 05, 06, called Lace Up, and that was oh, members yeah. members of uh, like All Is Fleeting, and like dudes from Rayleigh, like Ben was in that band, and Benji played drums. Mm-hmm. And they were a really, really good hardcore band, and Triple B wanted to sign them and do their first record, but it never worked out. What happened? I don't know. Do they? Well, um, what What did the band end up doing? Do they just kind of so? Broke up? All there's two versions of All Is Fleeting. That should be noted. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's All Is Fleeting. The original singer of All Is Fleeting. With the original singer, his name's Kyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Tim Riley, who fronts Souvenirs, uh, was the second different. singer. There was two generations, but Jason, I'm blanking on his last name. Yeah. Was in both versions, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Mm. Um, and he kind of was the one that kept the band going into that second generation. Uh, but the first one, oh no. Sorry, I apologize. You're talking about Lace Up. Yeah. And I'm, I was I'm just, vibing on all Yeah, I was just talking about yeah, yeah. they shared members. But yeah, yeah, yeah Lace they, Up. Yeah, that is true. But yeah, Lace Up. Potential was badass. They have a song that has like every single guest vocal from like local bands in the area. And it is so tight. It's like so they, everyone sings a line and it was on their MySpace. And I remember just oh, vibing, dude. vibing. MySpace hardcore. This is like pretty much the beginning of streamable music online. Yeah, it's around that era. Yeah, is that's what MySpace did? They had like a like a little player, so you yeah. add yeah. a playlist. Yeah, you add or? like you add like you could add whole albums. I think towards the end, but it was mostly like here's sample tracks, and then you pick and choose, and, and you make them downloadable. Yeah. So yeah. Like, that's kind of around this area era, two thousand five, two thousand six. You're just kind of like picking your playlist, and we would just burn CDs and just share them or throw them on the iPod real quick, and. uh I hardly ever had complete albums because I was broke. Yeah. And I just free downloaded. That's yeah. cool. All that shit. Yeah, but I mean, that's voluntary, right? Bands are putting up their stuff and For sure. you're downloading off that. Yeah. Right. Super cool. Yeah. Uh, anything else on Downpressor? I just fucking love that band. I've seen that band more than any other hardcore band. Yeah, for sure. I feel yeah. like it's still great. Still so good. Like their their last album, I think. Might be the best thing they ever did, for sure. You know, those riffs are unreal. It's amazing the production quality and everything, and that artwork. Yeah. Jesus Christ! So, Downpress is still killing it. So, vibes. you know, a band that you know we've talked about a lot of the other bands that uh, you know, No Motive and Miss Twenty Third doing strong in the '90s and then strong into the the aughts. <laughs> you know, this is Downpress are going hard in the the late 2000s, and then smashing it the whole next decade. Yeah. And now going strong into the, whatever we want to call these, like the 20s, yeah. the 2020s. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the yeah. tw- rowing 20s. What maybe? are they called now? What is this? The 20s. The 20s. The 20s. the 20s, huh? Yeah. Weird. Just reset. <laughs> so Weird. Odometer reset, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's down presser. They've always been a party, man. They've always Every been time. like, and, and, oh yeah, we, they, we should mention that. Um, they released a split sometime. The creature this, split. Yeah, I don't remember if that's in 2010s, but they have. They have a. They no, have, no, it's earlier for sure. Okay. Yeah, they have what's noted as the intro, the heaviest intro written and it is in the fucking last. Fucking scary. Yeah. yeah. Oh nine. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and uh, that song is. It's. I'm scared to be Shug, in the room. Doug, 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 Doug. Every time I'm like, oh, we're going to the pit for this one. They also have a big group of friends that that rolls with them. Yeah. And um, like I said, it's always a party when they play. Whether or not you're just having fun, beating each other up, 
or sing along together. Yeah. They were always that sing, that heavy sing along band, so I always thought that was really cool. But, Fun uh, dudes. Yeah. 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 All right, we're back, and it's uh, it's another story time with Forrest. So we'll just let you kick it off, bud. Okay, so if anybody's listened to any of the story times with Forrest, you may have heard my Mel Gibson story. It was the last episode of Talking Hardcore. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't listen to the show. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just kidding. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when we left the studio, <laughs> when we left the studio, my girlfriend Angie's like, "Oh, so you told blah 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 part, right?" I'm like, "Oh shit, I fucking didn't." And I remember, like, I even I think I called you right after. Yeah. I was like, "Oh fuck, I forgot that." <clears throat> I don't know how I forgot this part because it is my favorite part. But it, it okay. So here's the thing. Anybody who listened to that story, uh, Mel Gibson hates me. You know, whatever, blah blah blah. But around this time that this was happening. And this part of the story, I'm like 90% positive about, but I can't be absolutely sure. So, uh, around this time, uh, um, South Park was starting out. And all these big celebrities wanted to do voices on South Park. So, like, whenever a big celebrity would do it, they'd make him do something stupid. Like, uh, George Clooney was the voice of Sparky the Gay Dog. Like they basically went to George Clooney's house and made him go like that was all George Clooney did. Right. So Mel Gibson wanted to do a voice and there was an episode where it's like that guy, uh, I forget his, his character's name, but he's like genetically altered these turkeys to take over the town or some shit. And Mel Gibson was the voice of the turkeys gobbling. It's like, that was fucking what Mel Gibson did, but they came to his house and had him uh, record the gobbles. And this is around the time that all that shit was going down. Now I know just from talking to other people who were living there at the time that Mel Gibson was talking all kinds of fucking shit about me. I'm the fucking security guard that doesn't give a fuck. Anybody can just fucking go right past him. Like blah, 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 blah. So anyway, yeah, they go out there. They record him doing the gobbles. So fast forward 20 fucking years. They come out with an episode, uh, The Passion of the Jew where uh, it was uh, Stan and Kyle go to see The Passion of the Christ, and they thought it was a three-hour-long snuff film, so they wanted their money back, so they go to Malibu to get their money back from Mel Gibson. There's this little part. If you blink, you'll miss it. They're walking up to Mel Gibson's house for no fucking reason, randomly, no reason. In the background is a security guard sitting in a guard shack reading a magazine that doesn't pay any fucking attention to them as they're walking by and talking. Like, they're just talking to each other. They don't even look at the security guard. He doesn't pay any fucking attention to him. They just walk past and go to Mel Gibson's house. All I'm saying is I'm 90% positive that Mel Gibson's hatred for me got me parodied on South Park. (laughs) (laughs) So good. For sure. For sure, right? Uh, So, yeah, yeah, there's that. That was great. So, uh, okay. That was just the warm-up. Yeah, okay. so a little addendum. A little addendum. Okay, so uh, speaking of like just random Hollywood stories. Okay, there, here's my one big Hollywood party that I was invited to, and <laughs> so a long time ago, I mean Joe knows. I, I used to do a lot of work just doing like a, um, a extra work in movies and stuff like that. I worked for this company. It's Synex. And central casting. Central casting, you've probably heard of. 
Synex is part of central casting, but what it is, <coughs> if you're union, if you're SAG, that's central. If you're non-union, you're, you're uh, Synex. So like basically the same companies, but one's union, one's non-union. <coughs> anyway, this is like a big deal because like people will do this shit for years and never get, you need three SAG vouchers to buy into the union to become a, a, a SAG member. I got seven vouchers from one fucking movie. I worked on this movie for seven days. It was called The Replacement Killers. And it had Miro Servino and Chow Yun Fat. Anyway, I worked on this movie for like a week. And I randomly got to like... Okay, first of all, okay, just here's just a little life hack for anybody fucking listening to this. Total life hack. I've worked on like sets of, of movies and stuff. And I also just used to randomly do the, like work in Malibu. The craft service trucks, you don't have a badge. If you're driving through Malibu and you see somebody filming a fucking movie, walk in like you own the place, go to the fucking craft service truck and order a fucking meal. They'll give it to you and you can eat and leave. I used to do that shit all the time, like we're going to work. <laughs> like they don't know who the fuck's working on the film. Of course. You know? <laughs> so if you see a craft service truck, but if you're working union, you have to get fed the same shit that they get fed, right? So like the craft service truck had like filet mignon and lobster tail and like stuffed crab and like all this shit. But yeah, if you see one of those trucks, just walk in. Like don't, d- life hack number two, don't act like an asshole. Just fucking walk in. You know, like nothing, go up and just order your food and they'll give it to you and you eat for free and you leave. Anyway, so there's one day we went to lunch and they would have us little people take our lunch break an hour before the main actors and stuff did. And for some reason, I don't know what happened, but there was like literally shit got mixed up to where there's me and this other extra that would hang out together and have lunch. And him and I are hanging out at our own our own table and then all of a sudden, here comes Chow Yun Fat, Miro Sovino, and John Wu just come and sit at our table with us. So we're just like, hey, like at first, like, like should we go? But like we hung out and talked to them. It was like kind of, kind of cool. And anyway, long story short, I, I talked to these people a little bit, but I was there for the last day of filming. And at the time, I guess Miro Sorvino was still dating, uh, um, uh, God damn it, uh, Quentin Tarantino. He's still dating. She was still dating Quentin Tarantino. She was throwing, or he was throwing an Oscar party in Beverly Hills. Uh, he rented a house in Beverly Hills and was throw, it was uh, just a party where they were showing the Oscars and a bunch of people were going to come hang out. I got an invitation to go to this fucking Oscar party that Quentin Tarantino was throwing in Beverly Hills. So I'm like, fuck yeah, dude! I'm like going to a like a Hollywood fucking party right in Beverly yeah. Hills. So. Finished work in L.A., fucking jetted home as fast as possible, actually changed into a nice suit and shit, went and headed right back to fucking Beverly Hills, go to this house. I swear, like, on this hill, in Be- like, you're on the side of the hill in Beverly Hills, and all these people are just kind of parked on the side of the road. And the cops pull through, right as I'm pulling up, and he's telling people, like, you can't park on the street in Beverly Hills, which I guess is a thing. You can't park on the street. And all these rich motherfuckers like, I don't care. Give me a fucking ticket. I don't fucking care. Fuck you. Right. Yeah. And like, no, you, there's a parking area down at the end of the street. You guys can go park down there, but you cannot park on the street in Beverly Hills. Like, fuck you. I don't fucking care. I got the money. Give me a fucking ticket. Right. And like, I grew up, I grew up, I grew up in Oxnard. Right. And I knew the look in that cop's eye. 
And I literally was just like, hey, guys, why don't we all go to the p- parking structure and I'll like shuttle you guys back and forth. I don't care. You know, like, like yeah. let's all go. I'll give you guys a ride. No, fuck that. Fuck that. He wants to give me a ticket. He can give me a fucking ticket. So I was like, God damn it. So I go down to the parking area, walk back, which is probably less than a quarter of a mile, but it felt like five miles. I'm like, I know what's going to fucking happen. I walk up the hill, get to the fucking house. Lights are fucking blaring. The cops are already there breaking the fucking party up. That was my Hollywood party story. <laughs> I never made it in the fucking door. <laughs> uh, thank you, Forrest. All right, let's get back to talking about the Reflections Comp. <laughs> let's get into it. Get it. Yeah. 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 Come on. It's too late yeah. now, motherfucker. Yeah. Let's hear it, Joe. So, Joe, you're at, you're at okay, school. I'm, I'm in, you're a I'm student. In, I'm in school, yeah. I'm back in school. I'm an old man in school. Hey. Um, no shame. Let's go. No, no, no. It's all good. Um, but it's just, so I'm sitting in class, and I'm wearing this this Two, two Towers Narcore hat that I have. Yeah. And uh, this guy sits next to me and says, oh, cool hat, Narcore. I know all those dudes. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, cool. You know, all of them except for episode one. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like, it's like, how do you? I know all those dudes. Like, it's a lot. Of there's dudes. a lot. Of, that's a that, lot. Of, that, that's that's a lot what of I'm dudes. saying. It's like, okay, fine. I, I, I'm okay with not being known or recognized. There's no big deal to that to me. But you know, all of them. <laughs> I don't know all of them. No. <laughs> Yeah, so I just thought that was funny. Yeah. And I texted these guys while I was sitting in That's class. So good. You, you passed them a note during class and you said, the fucking legend. Yeah, you're all fucking episode one, fool. Yeah. <laughs> just said, check out episode one. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Can you listen to podcasts? Hey, you should check, check episode out. one. <laughs> of what? Of what? Something, <laughs> else, something else said like that happened once to me. I don't know if I should tell that. Yeah, yeah you should. It. You should. So, um, this is 2000 three four and i'm at the uh the sewer the the sensui and um i'm there with john a bar in downtown ventura uh, across yeah. from uh the ventura, ventura theater. Across, theater directly across the street from the ventura theater i'm there with, with, with with bernie john john Winstead, the other guitar singer and burning dog and he and i are just hanging out and he disappears with some girl and like okay well i, Fuck yeah. I guess i'm sitting in a bar by myself the straight edge guy <laughs> But this girl sits down. She's like, huh? So starts talking to me, and everything's you know like hitting it off and whatever. And she tells me she, she's she wants to get a tattoo, a narcore tattoo. But she's all, but those guys have all those rules and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get jumped in, dog. I'm all, they, they have rules and so what are you what are you talking about? What guys? All those nerdcore guys, they got rules. You, you can't get a tattoo unless you like you like know somebody or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, you know me now, right? <laughs> Do you know who you're sitting next to? The future episode one. <laughs> I'll vouch for your tattoo, babe. Yeah, she never got one. She's got an episode one tram stamp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice, nice lady stamp. Yeah, yeah. So but yeah, that's it. Uh, moving okay. on to uh, Vendetta. Vendetta. Yeah. Yo, let's go. Dude. Yes. I love Vendetta. 
Um, <laughs> I saw Vendetta. We saw Vendetta play during lunch at the Oxnard High School amphitheater in like the so quad. Good. That thing's like five feet high. Yeah, so it's just like a cement stage. New, new Nard High? Yeah, New yeah. Nard High. Okay. And uh, I'm my just to put it in perspective, Joe. My freshman year was the last year at Old Nard High. Okay. All right. Yeah. So they yeah, missed we missed graduated. graduated. And we graduated. Ninety five. Ninety five was last. Yeah. Year. Yeah. Okay. So sometimes because I saw a band play at Nard High, Old Nard High, Old Nard High, on the stage during lunch, and Fred threw fucking batteries at them the whole time. Oh, batteries. Yeah. They were like this metal metal band, like a Guns N' Roses cover band, but they were friends of ours. Yeah. And so we just fucking went with them. And Fred's just <laughs> <throwing> batteries. <laughs> That, that was that was the first time I met Fred Hammer. That was, I he was said it's eighty seven. He was hammering them with batteries. Yeah. <laughs> that's so yeah see, that's what I like. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so uh, there's this. I think it's referred to as the amphitheater, but it's just like this five, four foot. Yeah, not even five it's for feet. sure. It's five like, feet. It's like, like tall as shit. Yeah, cement stage, and uh, a few bands played. Band named Matador. Shout out to Kellen Seibel, and then um, Arms of Kieran. Shout out uh, to Russell, Krusty shout Rusty. Shout out to and Rusty, then, Rusty, shout um, out. Vendetta and a band called R42, which is like a little pop punk band that popped that popped up for a little bit. And Vendetta ended up playing, and I don't remember how many songs they played. All I know is that they it's played... It's about time. Ooh. They played Step Off <laughs> right. at, at Oxnard High School, and the place went crazy. Like, I mean, it's there the, was... It was the hardest Vince yeah, ever mosh. Yeah. <laughs> like... Obviously, there's kids up front because people are just like curious of what's happening. But then, like, they start playing "Step Off," which is a dope ass song, and kids started moshing, and it kind of got crazy. And then the lyrics he says "fuck," step off, back off, fuck off, or I'm gonna rip your fucking head off. Yeah, and he said that, and then the superintendent runs onto the stage. They pull the power. your fucking head off. Yeah, so they, they pull the power and and <laughs> Matt is still playing drums and um and the superintendent tried to play it off as in like, okay, like calm down everyone, like it's fine, like you know, rock and roll, like it's cool. And uh so yeah, we saw half play half step off and it was it was clearly worth it. it <laughs> that rules whatever it takes played Nard High too. Oh no way. Yeah, that was like they were young that was I was already long gone, but I just saw the photos of it. So Damn. It was, I think I think something. I think they approached the school to do something like that because it had happened had happened before mm. something like that and then kind of little random thing is um in the two thousand in in the same era there was a thing called Diego Palooza. I was just going to mention that yeah. yeah so we had this friend Wait, named it's Di- called what now Diego Palooza okay so we have a friend named Diego um, who the the story goes that he made a bet that he can throw a show and have the school pay for it and someone's just like no you can't and he was like he's part of like student body and stuff so he was like I bet you i can so he put on this whole like ploy about it being about a cause or whatever and the human fund he and it was it was it was uh, one of violations first shows it was yeah. called the mike jensen project okay and uh a band named aura complex um matador arms of kieran i don't recall if vendetta played but yeah they it was a badass show in the gym at OHS like on a Sick. Saturday and there was tons of kids there's videos of it online and Kellen Seibel gives a straight edge speech which it's is so like good. my favorite thing to listen to yeah. in the world <laughs> ACDC t-shirt man yeah <laughs> um, yeah and uh, it's cool because you could I mean we were like 16, 17 and you watch it and you could see 
a lot of us just fucking really stoked on hardcore in those old videos. And uh, it's cool to watch, look back on every now and then. But, yeah. OHS. OHS, Vendetta, Oxford High School. Um, yeah, so Vendetta, they did uh, two, like, CD EPs. They did the O2 demo, the CD. Yep. And then the 7-inch. Yeah, which was also a CD EP. No. Think, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. For sure. I believe so. But, uh, yeah, Vendetta, ripping band. I think uh, Nick Jett did their music video. Am I tripping on that? Oh, for Around the World? Around the at World. Scary Dairy? At Scary Dairy. I don't know if he did the he he put out the He put out that first CD okay. on TakeOver the f- Records. No, TakeOver is Scott's label. I thought. Whatever. But, yeah, uh, I... Back, back to back right? to MySpace. A bulletin nope. being posted. No. What's the one I'm thinking of? Video. I don't yeah, know. the first record came out on on that other dude's label. I'm blanking on his name. Uh. I think his name's Scott. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, whatever. You guys are just la- la- label nerd beefing, dude. It kind of low key. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck even finding Vendetta. There's fucking 17 of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Verity's vocals are some of my favorite Verity in hardcore. Yeah, why don't we just call him and sort this Dude, out? Yeah, we should just call Verity right now. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> now we can call him. Hold on, let me see if the phone's on Bluetooth. Bluetooth? Bluetooth. Oh, blue, not boo. Bluetooth? What up? Bluetooth, what's up? Uh, let's see here real quick. Good radio. Let me just say uh, this about uh, Down Presser Vendetta in the next band we're about, about to talk about. I I know I saw all of these guys at least once at a Sound of Fury or at the Skate Street or yeah. at uh, uh, somewhere. Um, but I just wasn't cl- clued in. Yeah. So... Um, Joe's like, I already wrote Skipped Groove. I wrote a better heavy metal song than all yeah, you guys. So. You guys. <laughs> That's actually John's song. Well, all, all those bands, like like Down Presser and Violation and Vendetta. Well, I'd say more Down Presser Violation. They they took the metal thing. Like, Go on. They, t- they took it and ran with it, and that's where a lot of hardcore is going now still. Yeah, yeah. Pushing the metal boundaries for yeah. sure. Hello? Hey, what hey. up? You're on the pod. Right on. Go yeah. on. Hey, we had a question about the. Okay, Vendetta put out a demo, and then you did the first CD. That was Scott's label, right? Uh, yeah, that was on Takeover. Yeah. Well, then, how was Nick? Did Nick Jet record it? <laughs> he recorded it. He recorded it. <laughs> no, no. Enjoy Roger that recorded it. Roger recorded it. Roger recorded both. Roger recorded. Yeah, oh, Roger recorded I'm thinking New View Records. Nick is New View. Yeah, Nick did New View. That's what came out, uh, Time Will Tell. And, uh, yeah, he also did the, the little uh, 1917 comp that we were on. Um, and then that got re-recorded on Time Will Tell as well. There's two recordings of a Vendetta song from the 70s? Yeah. Oh, shit. One's got, one's got a different ending. I gotta fucking listen to this. Oh, well, yeah. you gotta watch the endings of your songs because Omega Point will steal them. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, it's Mikey. I have a question. Yo, what's up? What up? Did Nick Jet have any part in that music video you guys did for Around the World? Um, 
if I remember correctly, yeah, yeah, I think so. He he was the one that put us in touch with Gordo, who's the guy that filmed it, and um, and he put out I the record that, whole, that had that song on it. Yeah, the whole thing was Nick's. I think it was Nick's idea. That was like, let's make a let's make a video for the song. So I just had to um, get my, my right answer in there a little bit. I'm just wrong. Over yeah, here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. All this stuff is so long ago. It's hard to put all the pieces together. But how do you think yeah. I feel? Dude, I can only I, I can only imagine. Like, yeah, episode yeah. one. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> what up, fool? Where, where are you guys at right now? We're at the Airbnb. We're over here, and uh, it's like a couple. A Circle K inventory downtown. Yeah, it's yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah, if you, sounds good. I'm gonna go grab a bite to eat with Roger. Maybe we'll catch up with you guys at some point. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. Let's meet up at uh, PJ Grunts later. All right, man. Let's do it. All right, see ya. All right, late. It's still open, isn't it? I don't know. Uh, PJs? I would I've been so. there. Yeah, PJs? Yeah. PJs? I know this girl that shops in Trader Joe's. She, that shit to get she rid dances there. What? You gotta nuke PJs to get rid of it. You know, it's messed up when I live in Camarillo. I used to go there all the time because, like, I'd come down and it was like the first time that I. I was like working a real job, and so I had some money, and I would go to Best Buy on like the weekend to buy like DVDs and shit. And then there'd be like traffic going back to sit, like, <laughs> You'd be like, let me wait this out. <laughs> yeah. There'd be traffic going back to Camry. I'd be like, might as well stop and get a picture. I just go get a picture. I think like like cores on tap was like five bucks for a picture. Yeah, or something. Yeah, it's super just, cheap there. Yeah. Oh shit! Just go on a picture oh, like God. almost I, every Sunday. The only time I ever was there was with you. <laughs> <laughs> after like the Henry Benefit or one, oh, yeah. one of the shows at the thing, no, because yeah. you guys went and played Hollywood right after that. But something else that you no, 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 the one after. we went and played uh, L.A. after we went and played the Smell after that was the one for a uh, brand the cruise uh, Ed- Edwina's, yeah, Edwina's. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. it was after Henry's thing, Henry right one. Then. or during it, like because that, that was a super long day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go blow off some steam at PG. <laughs> I walk yeah. in there, I'm like, God, this place is gross. <laughs> <laughs> Either. Or they, they, closed it, they closed it for like six months and all they did was put in a big ass TV. <laughs> they gave her a new paint job. Yeah. It's not pink anymore, it's yellow. Whoa. Damn. Yeah. Wow. All right. All right. All right. Sounds all right. like a right. reason to go. <laughs> so the next band we're going to talk about is who, Joe? Violation. Oh, violation! Yeah, yeah. So violated. Same, same era is like downpresser starting around the same time, right? Yeah, around that time. Yeah, and yeah. again, riff masters totally out the gate, out the gate, but uh, going a little more speed, maybe like like the uh, you think? No, I think more they had like, fast parts though. No, they had fast parts, but it was definitely more like um like like. That '90s New York hardcore sound, like yeah. like Marauder, um, uh, Madball, but it just there's a lot of metal, metal tinge to that. Even the, in the demo, off my case demo more specifically, New York mm. influence. Yeah, I'd say <clears throat> possessed and devoured mm. is what really integrated that like metal. Yeah, they're going like, crossover. 
Yeah, like the the yeah. last record devoured is like straight up metal. I love that album artwork. It's dude, yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. good. All I of them. The possessed is sick as fuck. The too. possessed. That I wanted to get that tattooed, dude. That one's cool yeah. too. But that I don't know, dude. It, like the torn or the cyclone like, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, ripping that. That deal, is that so ill. Yeah, and like the color scheme and all that. Um, always just a really competent band. Like right out the gate, they uh, again like how we talked about retaliate benefiting from kind of doing our shit right around when the Alpine was going. Yeah. Violation benefited from that as well. Yeah. Of uh, like coming out and being a band and having a club open. It's just, it's so important for young bands to be able to have somewhere to play. Right. For sure. Yeah. They played a lot of the upstairs shows, which then they, they integrated into the sound of furies. Um, they, they're off the, off my case demo was, I remember like the show that it was like handed out and they were like the, the upstairs loft, had that little bar kind of snack bar snack bar in the back and they were just like all laid out there and people were just snagging them and then i remember just blowing up overnight you started seeing like shirts at school um and everyone was all about it and yeah they they played tons of shows and then they they played possessed. Every, yeah pretty much every show then possessed they they had a good they they had a good time bracket to like release it they released it on Sound and Fury Records, yeah, mm-hmm. it was number one. It was number one, and uh, I remember that was a really big deal for that that year. It was two thousand seven. They released it the week or so after Sound and Fury two thousand seven, and I remember it got passed around like the eight hundred five crew. So mm-hmm. when they started we playing possessed songs, like yeah, it, should, it yeah. was it was a fun time because we knew, everyone kind of like the locals knew what it was, and uh, yeah, they really blew up. They they toured the East Coast um, once. Benji went with them. Shout out, fly out, Gary. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't think they've ever. I don't think they did other tours in life. They did Canada. They did a Canada tour. Oh, okay. So but, how um, many shows did they do in Canada? I don't know. I, I, and I forget who they went with. Huh. But that's um, super cool. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, had, a, um, they had a good run, dude. Gary, Gary, great man. guitarist, and uh, Nathan was the other guitarist. Um, super musically inclined. Yeah, so. Gary's a riff master. Yeah. Um. Actually, I don't I don't know if you guys were ever into MMA, but uh, there was like this fight that got built up for so long. It was like, for the hardcore fans, it was like the biggest MMA fight in history. Up at that point, it was when Fedor fought Crow Cop. Mm-hmm. And I was living in Camarillo, and like I had like 15 people coming over some shit, and my fucking like cable went out. And like, so we couldn't watch the fight there, and I was like calling, and they're like, oh, it's... Like, we'll come out and fix it on Monday. It's like, motherfucker, Fedor Krokop is tonight. Like, what are you doing? So we're calling all our friends, like, oh, who can come over? Because not a lot of people have their own spot. You know, in, like, mid-20s, like, they're yeah. renting, you know? And uh, But Gary had a spot over in Ventura. Actually, I think just over off Seaward right here. Okay. Um, Yeah, he's like, fuck yeah, bring the crew. Let's go. So, like, 15 of us go over to Gary's spot to uh, watch Fedor Krokop. And then... After we were wasted, we had, and we had well, we had no time to like go get supplies because like it was all last minute and shit. So we had to get like the pizza man, like we're paying him off to like go get his Jägermeister and fucking That's whatever, the fuck, you know, <laughs> like all that shit. And then we were so wasted by the end of the event. Fucking, uh, I remember my old roommate Noah Izard, like he dropped a fucking elbow smash on the top of Ryan's car and like oh, fucking fuck. caved in the ceiling. Like Ryan's like, what? Do you, what? Why? What? Why do you do that? So hyped, dude. Why do you do that? He's all yeah. the century, bro. Yeah, he's like, Fader Crook up. <laughs> um, anyway, so shout out Gary for letting us watch Fader Crook up. Uh, so yeah, Violation 
So there's one show that they played. I think it was with. I think it was the Peace by Peace show. The Upstairs Alpine one. Yeah, Upstairs Alpine. They they cover, They opened with the <clears throat> Biohazard Punishment intro. Shut off the lights, and it was the first time I feared for, feared for my yeah, fucking same, life. Yeah, same dude. I was like, it was so oh, fucking shit. scary. You know, one thing I've been wanting to do actually since our very first tour in '01, we played this basement show with Striking Distance. And what they did for, I think it was their last song, so they dope. killed all the lights and put a strobe on during the mosh part. Oh, fuck. And it was so fucked because, like, you're moshing and you just see a hand coming. <laughs> you know? Like, you see it all old-timey style, like yeah, fucking yeah. 1915 movie on the like crank. Like, yeah. Uh, it's like, ugh. There's a band in Philadelphia called Ink and Dagger that... Has like a yeah they they kind of do that they do the whole set like that oh, it's like creepy like there's a few videos not every single show mm-hmm. but they're like I don't know if you're that reunion them, show they did that there are a lot of uh they're like vampire yeah vibes. yeah shout and, out to uh, Dave Wagon Shoots yeah they I've just always wanted to do that for a big mosh part like yeah. kill the fucking if you could do it kill the lights hit the strobe and it's like mm. <laughs> that's just fucking scary dude so something else <laughs> funny about MySpace and like a t- like. A story about those times in general. So MySpace tried to like do a thing where they did something like YouTube. It was like MySpace video, like a separate section of that. And yeah. a friend of ours recorded that violation set with that punishment, no lights intro. And then it went into possessed. And um there the video, John Glue is has this giant green Hulk styrofoam, like nice. the Hulk hand. Hulk hand. Yeah. And he is just for some reason Stage diving, but every time I cross the stage, just punching Mike Jensen. And Mike Jensen finally gets fed up and turns around and punches him like with the right mic. in the fucking head with the microphone and breaking his hand. Yeah. And um, the video was only on MySpace and uh, it, when MySpace went, so did the videos. Uh, but yeah, it, it was it's a bummer. cool video to go be, to watch because it was pretty early on in Possessed and like it was it was one of the first times they played some of those riffs and place popped off yeah that rules dope cool man and possible reunion this year we'll see right yeah, yeah that'd be yeah, cool i mean that was the rumor J- for last year jensen's always down yeah and um and i know the basis is mia a little bit i think they know where he's at he's just not affiliated with hardcore kitagawa's still fucking kicking no mm-hmm. totally yeah yeah outnumbered um shout out to them out no yeah shout out to them dude for sure and minus um but the cool the thing with like violation, basically, I think Santa Barbara Carp, Ohio, kind of took over the 805 for a while, for a really long time. Yeah. Like minus down presser ability, ability. Um, they they took hold of this whole area in terms of like music and like getting it out there. They were playing in Ventura constantly. But yeah, it was the Santa Barbara bands that kind of held it together. Yeah, I'd say until Dead Heat. I say Dead <laughs> Heat's like the when the it comes to when it comes to reaching out. Yeah, um, Ventura County yeah, playing or outside the of the fire in general. Yeah, yeah. it was because uh, there was always bands in Oxnard, but none of them kind of had that reach like uh, like the Santa Barbara bands did. Yeah. Cool. We'll talk <clears throat> about another band that got out there for sure. How about the Warriors? Oh, for so. sure. Changed my life. Take yeah. it away, dude. Straight up. Go ahead. Yeah, man. War as hell. Um, like, so I got into hardcore 
about the time that this dropped and when the Alpine opened. So I, like you said earlier. Now we are talking Nardcore bands. So should we, should we clarify this? I would say that they were a Tehachapi band. Yeah, no, they were. They were. clarifying, but. No, and, but they turned into an Oxnard band because by the, I think it's by the second record or maybe the third record, it's like four out of five. Yeah. Charlie had joined. Yeah. Charlie joined. You had Matt or. Yeah. So Donnie and Danny. But it's the two brothers that are writing everything this time. Yeah. Donnie and Danny. Correct. Yeah. And so I have a really random story. So I have um, my uncle's wife was originally from Tatchby, and I had the Warriors Warriors Hill sweater. Mm-hmm. And I go visit. They're hosting some holiday. So we go to Tatchby. I walk in the door, and this older gentleman who's like in his 60s is like, Warriors, ever heard of With Without You? And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck? I'm like 16. I'm like, Yeah. And he's like, oh, like I, I, it's a small town. I give guitar lessons. I taught, I taught um, the guitarist of With Without You and the guitarist of the Warriors how to play guitar when they were kids. And I was so like, cool. oh, dude, so sick. Yeah. And uh, so that's like my introduction to Tashpi. And uh, by the way, With Without You, I love them as well. But yeah, they were Tashpi Pan and Hobby was the only member from Oxnard and it migrated this direction. Yeah. But Warriors Hell was super important. And um, some of those shows were legendary to me. That uh, that show, the Juvenile Defiance show at Upstairs Alpine. The Warriors played that. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's the that's the that was the uh, yeah yeah right. The Warriors Vendetta Violation Down Presser Juvenile Defiance. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. a banger of a show, and that was upstairs. That was upstairs, upstairs dude. dude. It was wow. such a fucking Crazy. banger, dude. Yeah. Wow. We, I got out of school at like. 3 p.m. and I walked the Alpine and just waited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah, um, what the hell was chauffeur upstairs? Yeah, it was upstairs and it was uh, it was packed up. It it had a vibe unlike downstairs, obviously, because you had a lot of moshing. But with this, you just had a lot of just pure sing-alongs. Yeah. Um. But War Cell was pretty important, and some of the records as they progressed. Um, they they always release good music and the new record is is solid as well. Yeah. But War is Hell holds a special place in my heart for sure. And for especially for this for this generation, this decade we're speaking of. You just it, throw this out there too, you know, that Roger did record all, all of, of them. It. Correct. Fucking wild. So. He didn't record the third one, but he was there as a well, the so, genuine okay, sense of outrage one. He was playing on it, right? <clears throat> I'm not sure. I'm not sure he was like he because he said that the third one I, I believe is the one where they had a budget from a label to go do, and he said it was a different guy that was engineering it, right? Mm-hmm. And he learned like that was like a a pivotal moment in Roger's career because he he learned a shit ton from that guy. He was like kind of he was in the studio, but the guy would give him projects like okay, okay. yeah. So right. I mean, you Sorry could still to say derail you. Guys. He no, was. De- he, I mean, he was definitely there. I would. You got to consider him a producer at the very least, right? Yeah, yeah. And he, I, I get the Warriors. So many people passed through. I can't remember who played on what. Yeah. But I was, I was tripping because I was thinking like, oh, who was in the band in the the on War as Hell? And it was what we talked about. Yeah. Like it's <clears throat> all the Tatchby dudes. The guy that played bass. And Javi. Forget his name. And Javi. Yeah. Yeah. And Javi. And then I think it's like same lineup. Maybe second record also. It and then starts to shift a I just looked yeah. at like the third record and was like, hey, it is all Oxnard guys. Yeah. Except for Marshall. You know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. and then if I'm not mistaken, uh on the new record that just got released, um, 
I think Danny and Donnie had a part in that. Oh, huge Ev- part. Everybody, yeah. Yeah, huge everybody that's ever been in the band had, had a part yeah. to do with mm-hmm. it. At least that's, that's my understanding. Yeah, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's great. And Roger knocked it out of the park production-wise. And yes. It's, it's a cool record. Everyone needs to check out The Warriors. Monolith. It's yeah. on uh, Pure Noise Records. Not artwork. Monolith. Monolith, I believe, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I think it's yeah. myth. Monomyth, dude. Monomyth? It's a complicated so. word. Hold on. The artwork is fantastic. I'm with fan. Zach on this Un- one. Unbelievable. <laughs> monomyth or monolith? Monomyth, dog. Monomyth? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, they're pulling some old hey, shit. L- like, L is right a next to M in the alphabet. <laughs> monomyth. <laughs> no, but it's like some old shit, right? They're pulling up, like, yeah. from Sumerian history or some shit. The fuck yeah. I'm not uh, well versed on. Neither. I watched out of Ventura College. <laughs> oh, my God. What? I took a World Civ class at Ventura College. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Strand High right there. Silver Strand yeah. High School. <laughs> yeah. So who we got? Uh, one more. I one see. last one. No. Oh, there's, no there's, two bands. there's two bands. Oh, Let's yeah. do the control and then total resistance. Okay. Let's do the control. Who's that? Uh, Who's fucking, that? Fucking band, dude. Some fucking filios. <laughs> some disrespectful kids that broke my headphones. Yeah, yeah. so. Oh, which was actually symbol? Roger. You did the epi- epi- episode huh? one, you no motive. <laughs> I didn't throw a symbol. I threw yeah, the tapes. Did. No, you threw. Oh, you threw the tapes? I threw the tapes. No, because Tony had a symbol. Or I threw the tapes. No, because he, he said, was, you, he keep your, you can keep he your fucking symbol. Microphone, bro. He was gonna... Why would you throw the tapes and then say, you can keep your fucking symbol, bro? <laughs> no, you fucking frisbeed the fucking... You frisbeed the symbol at him and said, you can keep your fucking symbol. But I threw the tapes at you. Or at him. Oh, well, I don't remember that part. Yeah, they were in a box. I believe it. Cool. Like the demos? Yeah. Because it's like on a reel. And I gave him the symbol earlier in the night, and then he tried to give it back. Oh, to that's me. what Here's it was. Here's the fucking symbol back. <laughs> Keep the fucking symbol. Okay. Yeah. What's all set so on that? Bad. In control. In control. <laughs> so that's how it's all right, started. All right, move, moving on. Total <laughs> <laughs> <To> resistance. <laughs> um, we, we covered IC? That was good? Yeah, that was good. That's good. That good. No, it's not good. You guys were. Fucking amazing. Ryan was 1999, insane. Dude. Well, okay, so so that's that's the uh, that's the demo. Oh yeah, our story didn't make the cutoff for the 2000s. Yeah, we so, shouldn't have told well, that. Well, yeah. edit that shit. Uh, hundred patrons. Let's talk about another year. No, let's talk about the truth hurts. I think I think this pod has talked about another year a lot, and not a lot of the truth hurts, which is another year is. Um, a better, re- it's like, it's a record that means more to me, but I think I like The Truth Hurts more. Both both suffer from, like, <laughs> from pre-easily to get a good recording. How do you describe that? Like, I don't know. It was hard to, it's hard to know yeah. how to record back then. Like, and Truth Hurts, it was our fault. Paul Miner did his best. That was, that was straight up some Oxnard sloppo shit. 
because how many places did you guys record that? Um, we recorded the drums and some of the guitar at, I think that was for the record, which is where Paul was at the time. And then, uh, and then he used to live with Mandel and he had like, there was like a little granny flat out back that he turned into like a studio. So you could record guitars there, just not drums. Mm. So we did a bunch of stuff there and maybe the backups. Now the backup vocals came out great. I will say that. But like the, I don't know. I think I was telling Roger something because I was like. How this end up sounding so whack, you know? And uh, I was explaining to Roger, like, Tony just showed up, like, he was, like, missing lugs and shit on his drums. Like, <laughs> we're just, like, sloppo style. Like, wow. And so I think the whole record is, like, kind of trying to, like, bury that. And then, I don't know. But song-wise, I actually listened to this record a couple of weeks ago, and I, I, f- I fucking love it. Like, you, um, you know, after a few songs, I can settle in to, like, well, this is how it's going to sound. <laughs> just yeah, try yeah. To <laughs> just go, just go on the ride, yeah. Yeah, and then just take the ride. That's fucking funny. You know? And, uh, yeah, I man, I, I I was firing back then. Like, that's the best songwriting I ever did, for sure. That intro is yeah. fucking insane. Yeah. Like, and another year, I mean, obviously. Great intro, but. Yeah, but the truth hurts, it hits different. Yeah. Yeah, it was just. And it's a sing. it's a. It's a single track. Like I feel like I know the year has to go into the next song, mm. um, but the truth hurts. The truth hurts, and you can go whatever. You can just play whatever. Yeah, I always struggled with like knowing what to do with that, and then it it puts your record in a weird spot too. Like, because do you title the intro, or you don't? You don't want to have intro written out in the middle. Like, on the, well, just on the back of the record, you know, like yeah. oh, intro. Like that just. Lame. Well, okay, so funny of, story. Of course, now we're in the same predicament with the new retaliate so, record. <laughs> so, uh, never learn. Speaking of the times where we had to like burn CDs, right? Uh-huh. Someone burned me in CD, but <clears throat> they didn't write intro, but it's a separate track. Yep. So, every single song I had was named incorrectly. Yep. Um, I, think, I think that's every I think that's, burned copy is yeah. like that. Like Roberts was burned completely backwards. Yeah. <laughs> and it start, yeah. But another year or so, it started. <laughs> With the ka, dan, dan, dan. <laughs> it started with the and then track. like ten minutes of silence in the two oh towers. God. He's like, "Yo, this is bold." He's like, "Yo, this is weird." Well, this but is a I mean, concept it. album. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but the truth hurts has two of my favorite songs. Uh, Where the glory lies, mm-hmm. fucking good ass song. Yeah. And then heaviest just, heaviest just songs. Yeah, just can't win is also oh dude my banger. Sure. Um, and then two towers is it? But once upon a town is. Fucking can't deny that shit, man. Yeah. yeah, and then we forgot to credit the guy on the record. The dude Feel from bad about that Stagold. Stagold guy. It's me going back and forth with him. Like Ryan only says like, like one line on that song. Mm. Oh, but just to kind of just to kind of put in perspective how big a stamp in control has in the city of Oxnard. My brother and sister, who are five or six years younger than me, have no relation to hardcore with it, with the exception of being related to me. Can sing two towers from like start to finish. That's cool. Like yeah. that's how catchy of a song it is. Yeah. And how relatable it is. Yeah, you know. So yeah, fucking great, dude. Even then on the pod, Ryan's like, yeah, I couldn't really relate because I was getting laid. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, so, so good, dude. <laughs> Damn You're it. drinking by yourself another lonely night? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Not me. I'm getting laid. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I appreciate you talking about Truth Hurts. I love it. 
I love both records, and I love the band. I'm dismissive because it's, it's weird to talk about yourself. Sure. Only episode one is comfortable doing those things. Oh, mm-hmm. well, am I? <laughs> no, you're the like, postmaster I can, I can only do it because I can see how uncomfortable you are when you have to do it. And I'm yeah. like, live in Joe's shoes for a minute and yeah. just do it. Um, so, I, yeah. can, I can relate to how terrible a record sounds to yourself, especially your own music. And then, I'm dealing you know, like right three now. songs or two songs into it, you're like, okay, well. You guys just had your best recording. This is, no, this, this is it. I guess this is it. You know, <laughs> yeah. because the last days is, is that way for me. But yeah. by the time Shoes starts, I'm like, yeah. okay, well, here we go. Like, this is it. I have a question in regards to In Control. So I think I've heard you say on the past, like, In Control was not big while you guys were, like, a band. Yeah, well, outside of, okay, so it probably took us, okay, so this is, our first show was the last Laser Star show. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that show was big, but like that's just curiosity, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because that's Yeah, anyway. That's yeah, that was ninety nine. And so that summer, all those laser star shows were all like really sparsely attended. Mm-hmm. The biggest show of the summer was ninety seven A, which probably had about seventy five kids. Um but the in control, like our first show was Pretty big, but there was also supposed to be a shit ton of bands on the show. That it was a it was a banger show. Playing. It was like Eighteen Visions, Throwdown, Carry On. You guys, yeah, but those bands didn't play. Um, Eighteen Visions and Throwdown didn't play for sure. What? Yeah, they're not there. Throw them on the flyers. There's two the flyers f- for that show, and one of them has the third degree on there too. Yeah, I think that it was Carry On, In Control, and Third Degree probably. Oh um, shit! Yeah, but there was still like I don't know, two hundred plus. That's cool. Yeah. So, but then the next year, there's no. There's no clubs in like Nard proper, yeah. Nard Ventura, anywhere. So it's like the closest you have is the living room, mm-hmm. which is hard for, you know, we're 20, but that's like right out of our teens. Not anyone has a car, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's just pretty far to go. You can draw 100 kids at home, you draw 25 kids, you know, 30 minutes away. Yeah. It's just how it is. And then so they're the Cobalt, PCH, Shea Cafe. And then, you know, uh, headline records and then other clubs coming and going. And no, we, we wouldn't draw over 50 people for at least probably till, I don't know, until Ojai is up and going. Yeah, when yeah. Ojai started, then it was like, I don't know why that place was able to get momentum. And Just one like the road living, in and one road out, dude. So no, weird. but why people were like, why people were willing to make the, the drive, the drive there, there, there and not the drive to the living room. Yeah. Like... Because it doesn't feel as far. It is to me. It felt further just because I was worried about getting pulled over more, and you know, and like in your on that single road. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so I don't know. We yeah. By then, but then also outside of Nard, we only ever did well in San Diego. Well, the our final year in '04, we did good in NorCal. We played. You guys did the the rival records. Rival turned into rivalry. That's yeah, we did that. You guys did that showcase. You guys headlined that showcase. Yeah, I don't even remember that. I don't remember that. Mm. I mean, I remember going there because we played there. So this is funny. So we did play that show. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I just don't remember any details of it. Um, but the other time that we played that place, I think it was called the Danville Grange, and these are like the suburbs outside of the Oakland area yeah. or the Bay Under Area, Danville. you know? Yeah. yeah. So the first time we were going up there, we were going to play with Hoods and some other bands. 
and we fucking break down on the five, like where there's that slaughterhouse, you oh. know, where it just smells like fucking cow death. Cowshwitz. You know? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh, fuck, this is terrible. Like, whatever the ranch that is, we break down there. So, like, whatever, dude, we always have that 100 mile AAA. So we're like, we're going to tow the whole way to the show. So we, we're towing to the show. And then the fucking tow truck breaks down. Oh, so then they had to send two more tow trucks. So then still, we like get back on. We tow all the way to the show, all the way from there to Danville, which is like, it's got to be 300 miles fucking or, no, or whatever, man. 150 miles, some shit. Yeah, we get off, we go, we set up, and then the show got shut down before we played a note. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit, dude. Got shut down after we set up and before we played a note. Oh, God. Yeah. So I guess. That wiped out my memories of the other show at that place. Sure, makes sense. <laughs> you know, I think Allegiance played. Yeah, well, all those all those rivalry bands were doing pretty good at that time. Yeah, uh, shout out Kyle Whitlow if you're listening. Um, that was fun to do something with him, and uh, yeah, so like out out of town, we weren't popular until. Wait, like, the I last heard, year. I heard you say that. There's my ask because like I got into hardcore '05, so like there's a there's a handful of people that are our age from this group mm-hmm. that. Some of their like some of their their first show was your last show. Yeah, you yeah. know my wife was at your last show. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I got there a year after. Mm-hmm. So like when I was discovering, someone slid me that awfully titled rip CD of another <laughs> year, and then I was like, well, what the fuck? Where's in control? And there's like, oh, dude, it's like their last they, they they broke up, blah blah. And then oh nine comes around, and you guys you know do that. Yeah, and. uh yeah, I, I like I wasn't around for that, so I guess I was just curious. But um, we broke up kind of slow too. Mm-hmm. So like, I broke up the band at the end of we toured twice in the year '03, and then we were gonna go to Europe at the end of '03. And this label, fuck, I can't remember the label. They were gonna put out some record. Like I think maybe we we're doing. It sounds so stupid to say, but like, like a greatest hits. Like like they're doing like kind of a compilation record or some shit. Of ours, and then we were gonna go tour Europe, and like the like the day or so before we booked our airline tickets, Paul quit the band, who was our drummer at the time, and like we couldn't get any drummer. And then Matt was only sixteen; he was like playing with us a little bit, and it was like it was the end of us being a touring band. And so that's when I broke up the band because I never wanted to be just like a, just a local band. Yeah, like I wanted to always have like the band progressing, and so we kind of like announced we were breaking up. So like the last year was pretty good because most people knew like that's a wrap. Yeah. And I think we only played five or six shows in the year 2004, but people knew it was like going to be last time. And so it's kind of like, well, that I I think a lot of it was like pity. Yeah. yeah. Well, that band really tried hard. (laughs) They had a lot of potential. They played a lot of fucking shows. Uh, so let's give it up to In Control. Well, dude, like, seriously, we didn't like, really like I mean, them. like, on the DVD, like, the fact that you chronologically ordered, like, every fucking show that you guys have played, like, a lot did of you, shows. like, you plan to do that? No, and that's, it's... Or that's, it's, like, best I'm memory of the No, I'm not, an, I'm not an archiver at all, and that's, like, one of the things I'm most thankful for is that I kept notes of every single show we ever played. Crazy. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, you start something and you stick with it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it's pretty easy. As long as you start for the first one, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but my, no, we all play. We play all the shows. That's all legit. My wife and I have um, the last show flyer, uh, like framed. 
Oh yeah, like yeah. I got it framed at work also because um, we never got to play with No Motive until like finally for our last show. We're like, yeah. "Hey, do you guys want to play our last show?" And so they played it because I would have loved to play with No Motive for as much as you could. Yeah, but you know, it's kind of a different scene, and I don't know. Max says now that they would have had us play with them, but I don't think that. <laughs> I think they, <laughs> whatever. I don't think they wanted to play with us at the time, and. uh so yeah, on the flyer, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. like just remember the one time we played together, uh, we headlined. <laughs> wow, dude. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, that's in control. Right. I can talk all day. All right. Thank you guys for uh, the nice words. Yeah. Yeah. So last band. One more. Total resistance. Total resistance. T fucking R man. They deserve a Hall of Fame spot. Um, this band played a lot. They played their fucking heart out every time. Yeah. And only the friends cared for the most part. It's like... But they, they, never, had a, they never let it stop them. They never let it stop them, yeah. And they always had such a big crew. And uh, similar to like In Control Stories, like you always, they always rolled to every show with 20 people and it was like the same people and they knew all the words and it, was, like, it would just make people turn their heads and be like, who the fuck is this band? Yeah. And um, uh, notably the record that I, I think we should talk about is um, What Lies Ahead, which uh, I think was a CD, but fucking great CD. Josiah, I think Josiah recorded all that. I'm pretty sure Josiah recorded yeah. it and he Onyx. still is doing that. Yeah, Onyx Studios. <clears throat> and uh, Josiah, is, Josiah is responsible for a lot of demos that have come out of Oxnard in the 805, even to current day. Um, and he's now playing in Ursula? He's in Ursula. Correct, in yeah, Decision which band. is in Decision Band. Um, and overall, just a cool dude. All those guys are super cool. Gus, Miho. That works at uh, Toppers. Oh. Josiah? The Tavern? That's No. No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He does yeah. sound for the tavern. Yeah. You are, you are correct. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, yeah, they hire him to do that stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all the <laughs> Joe got one right. <laughs> Joe got his in. <laughs> I can't wait till I get mine. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so uh, I always try to think back because uh, I went to Haydock, um, and I went to a, I went to a a birthday party show thing and I I there was a band that played and I'm pretty sure it was Total Resistance like early days like fresh out of the garage with the instruments that they got for Christmas type shit yeah and uh, um, I can't say for certain but I'm I, I think it's them and um, seen them a lot probably next to Downpressers the band I've seen the most in Oxnard in the 805 and uh, yeah they always give it 100% yeah we did yeah well, they were a little bit of a bridge band too, right? Like, I think so. They're earlier than Down Downpressor and Violation. They're really, yeah, no, they're no, like, yeah. I think their demo was like, and I'm gonna butcher it. I, I want to say like '03. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm Probably. not entirely sure. So I think I think Vi- f- f- demo. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know that one. Yeah, for some reason I think he did, but. 
Sorry. No, it's all good. It's okay. But it's kind of like a vendetta. That could have been yours, dude. Yeah, Fuck. Dude. yeah you should have corrected could have, him. Dude. That could have been the the fact you smashed. <laughs> I was I wasn't there. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, so I'm talking one, Narco Manor. We force had that set up, and I'm pretty sure that they. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, they and, might have. Yeah, and like a 15 and, song and, demo. And force recorded that. <laughs> and what's Angel's band? Um, uh, Come on, you guys gotta like one of these. <laughs> Just, just choose your own demo. Angel, Angel choose whatever five of these fifteen songs. <laughs> that's that's, that's like our demo. Three demos. Yeah, I know. Well, well, yeah. What's Angel? Not for not for me to shit on a long demo. What's uh? Do Do you remember his Angel Chavez? I know like six Angel Chavez's growing up in Oxnard. <laughs> What's that kid's name? Um, but yeah, one one thing that's like to note about like we always, we said they have a big friend group, but whenever they did, uh, I, there's always stories about. Whenever they do like gang vocals, mm-hmm. like it's a straight party. Oh yeah, nice. their gang vocals sounds so good. Yeah, because there's literally a Shit show. Of people. Yeah, a show, and they always uh, they they're notorious for like keeping their outtakes <laughs> and like putting them on like as like secret tracks. Yeah, and whatnot. But oh yeah, yeah. Tr shout out to shout out to all of them. Shout out yeah. to Jacob, Jacob, only down in Denver. I feel like they were the band that when the control broke up, like. It kind of got yeah, I, I, yeah, for sure. Agree. Until yeah. like more 100%. bands came along, yeah, and they 100%. they they went with that melodic sound that um, I feel like uh, there was a, a definite like there was like the punks, and then you had like the heavier hardcore, and then you had like the TR thing, like that TR. They like they had their own little scene within Oxnard, yeah, for sure. A and, lot of them were, it was like Pacifica and Rio Mesa, <clears throat> just straight. That was the crew, yeah. So, yeah, it was always cool because I feel right, like which songs I keep fighting too. So that's that's yeah. What, yeah. that's what I was thinking of. Mm. Yeah, um, and then Josiah did second best fest because he had a little label called Second Second X Best, and he had a little fest in El Rio. In El Rio on Collins. Yeah, at a some uh, uh, his name Sias Sias House. Yeah, yeah. Uh, El Rio friend. El Rio has like big lots, so mm-hmm. it's like a half acre. <clears throat> And there's like a front house, big stretch of land, back house, and in that big stretch of land, they just had a little festival. And Downpressor played it, and they, they played the last one. Um, two towers or Once Upon a Town. Once Upon a Town. There you go. Yeah. And Jacob sang it. It was really cool. Huh? Yeah. Shout out Kenji Shack. <laughs> That's Nylon Acres. <laughs> Nylon. He was talking about having space. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was um, a lot of space. All right. Well, that was fun. The two uh, thousands, huh? That wraps it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're over now and they're never coming back. So no, bummer. So that was our rest hall piece. of hall of like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's twenty years, right? Yeah, twenty years. It's gotta be twenty. Yep. Can't hall of fame shit. No. But uh, if we did one, had them poached demos going right in, dude. <laughs> well, like the clam song. Hey, I'm a clam and I'm not happy. In fact, my <laughs> life is pretty crappy. <laughs> I can't believe it, dude. <laughs> Anyway, thanks so much, Mikey, for sitting in. Yeah, man. Yeah, buddy. Appreciate it. It's great having you. Yeah. Love you, dog. Yeah, and uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We will uh, see you next week. What are you going to do? you going <laughs> to smash that Patreon button, right? <laughs> As, <when> I, <laughs> oh, little Oxnard barking spider. Yeah, yeah dude. Okay. First part on the pod. Yep. All right. <laughs>